welcome back to Kingdom Trends, Ebony Sharif. And this segment is there's something in a name. Not something about that name, but something in a name. So I was thinking um, about names, and I remember recently, because um, I do drive for live. Uh, and there was this guy that I picked up, and the way that his name was spelled was K-E-I-T-O-N, right? And of course, he was an African-American young man. And I was picking him up and I was like, his name could not possibly be Keaton. It just couldn't be. So when I called him to let him know, because I knew I didn't want to get it wrong when I called him. You know how sometimes you want to make sure you pronounce people's names, right? Because I know, you know how sometimes people get kind of weird about their name. But so when I called him and tell him I arrived, I was like, I thought about it. I was like, um, is this Keaton? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. I was like, I knew it. Something in a name. I'm telling you, my people are... I love our culture because we do things like this. And there's an artist that's out, and I didn't realize that I was saying his name wrong. It's Jordan Jordan Armstrong. But I thought it was Jordan Armstrong the whole time. But the way that he spells it lets you know that it is, in fact, different. So it's J-O-R apostrophe D-A-N. And when I heard him talking on the radio and doing an interview, he was like, no, it's Jordan. So his mama or daddy or whoever named him, named him Jordan. Black folks just can't keep stuff regular. So black and white names are just so funny because you can flip them to turn into your own and our people are very good at that i would have to say we are very good at that like my name is ebony there's no way to really flip it it is what it is and i love it i have a nickname people call me ebbs people call me ebo my cousin calls me ebo i love it though you know because it's like you know that's family they call me ebo i have ebby um ebbs one of my good friends called me ebbs you know so that's the only thing you can kind of pull from the name ebony is like give yourself a nickname from that you know but it was so funny in high school there would be girls that would be trying to differentiate themselves because there was like four or five ebony's at my school when i was in high school in my class and so it'd be like every time everybody asked ebony i just be like just like the magazine like because that's how you spell it but girls would be like spelling it e e at the end i e they moms be trying to make it all different and unique and you know i ain't mad at it but i'm just like no ebony like the magazine <laughs> anyways this is something about a name um but i'll say this you know people talk about names and sometimes how um they feel like, hey, you know, you need to not name your ch children a certain kind of way. And I'm just like, I feel like, hey, you know, I knew a girl that named her, her, her daughter after her, her child's father. And this isn't the first time that I've heard this name because my cousin is named this, actually. But I don't think my cousin named her daughter <laughs> this way based on the name of the father. I don't know. But there was another girl that I knew from high school. She named her daughter James Backwards and it's Samaje. I actually like that name. And I think it's a really pretty name, but I thought it was hilarious that people be trying to get so creative. Yeah, it's her dad's name backwards. Like, <laughs> like, okay, you know us. We're so creative like that, that we'll just pull anything from there and we'll, we'll put together a name. But I will say this about the whole job thing, having a name and just having a hard time getting a job. It's like, I can't really try to fake my name. It is Ebony. You know, I'm black. Nine times out of ten. I ain't really known no, I'm not a black, black Ebony's, white Ebony's or any other ethnicity Ebony's. It's very rare for people that are of another descent to name their child Ebony and they're not black but I mean I've seen it because I've seen people on Facebook with the name but it's just very rare but there was this lady and she's an amazing anchor her name is Shaniqua Manning <laughs> and she is on TV and on news so I'm telling you you can still do what you called to do no matter what your name is they should they picked her up Shaniqua Manning is amazing I think I follow her on uh, uh, Facebook I don't know I think she's in Washington State so yeah I mean it's just something about a name and I just I love my people because we are always that one 
to pull a name together and make it something in our own. And I think that comes from the creativity. I actually do want to do research on that to see where does that derive from? Where does it come from? Is it just trying to separate ourselves and be more unique than everybody else around us or just just be creative because we just like to you know aim something different or you know it always comes from some place and it's just a very a very um consecutive consistent thing that we do as a culture and you know what I'm mad at it but anyway just wanted to say that and I hope everyone's having a blessed lovely night
soul. What is a dope soul? One who comes from God, gives without being asked, and looks for nothing in return. One who is self-reliant on Christ and his ability to work through them, to not do things on their own. Not fishing for compliments, but knows their entire confidence comes from him. One who knows they are royalty with or without the crown. Lives an abundant life. Is not a victim, but a victor. Knows that our time on earth is crucial for fighting with love, justice, and peace. One who loves with no limits unconditionally. Who's committed to a cause without bending or breaking. One who's a fighter. One who's addicted to God's plan for them and can shoot up when they need that extra dose of his strength. If you got a soul, it's a dope one. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 reads, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. I just wanted to give a shout out to my good friend, Brie Fallow here, Ask Brie123. It is her birthday and I wanted to say happy birthday to you. You're a friend indeed, always there when I need you. Brie Fallow, girl, I pray prosperity Your heart and mind be renewed. I love you. You're my anchor when I need prayer. Girl, you're always there. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Briefalo. Love you, boo. Bye. Happy Saturday, everyone. Today's post is going to be linked to Dope Soul, which is Dope Soul Part 3. So oftentimes, people can try to make you feel bad about the stuff you post, especially if it's in regards to scriptures or encouraging words or things of that nature. You might have people talking in your ear about the stuff you post and it makes them feel uncomfortable. The whole point is, if you don't like the scriptures or things that are going to be encouraging to the people that are looking and watching and following, then just don't worry about it. If it don't apply, let it fly. I mean, who doesn't want to pick me up and encourage me, right? If it's too quote unquote deep and spiritual, then you can unfollow as well. That's plain and simple. Most of the time, people feel a lack in their own faith and insecurity about their own relationship with God or the higher power. So they might come for you in your posts and the things that you post, or they're straddling the fence, dipping and dabbing in both ways, meaning both worlds in and out, lukewarm, and the conviction of what you post might get to them. Just remember that God honors you. 
and when man does when man doesn't at the end of the day it's what you do for him that will last say law on mine cuz <laughs> Good day, everyone. It's happy Monday, Motivation Monday, like a lot of people say. I just wanted to talk about today, man should not live alone. So what does that mean? So in the Bible, biblically, if you want to look at the scriptures, God created man in his image. Um, He created him just in his image I wouldn't say just like him, but with the spirit of reflecting who he is as God, right? So at some point in time in the garden, he knew that Adam was toiling. He was doing all these things he had to do to get work done in the the garden. And he just, God looked at him and was like, man, you need a suitor. Adam, I'm about to create a woman for you. So he put him to sleep. Just giving you the rough draft. (laughs) Put him to sleep and, and created Eve out of that beautiful man in the very beginning and then he had a woman and so what I was thinking about earlier I was like man man should not be alone we need men and men need us I think about this even in business like men you need women like I think about all the stuff that happened in Atlanta and Georgia with um, Stacey Abrams and Kemp and all of that drama surrounding that um, it made me start thinking I was talking with someone when I was giving them a lift ride um, somebody that was a supporter of Stacey Abrams and um, kind of like a liberal but still had some religious background um, we we're talking about how much um, it was just needed to have a woman in that position. And as unfortunate as the situation became, it just made me start to think about how much women are nurturers, how much we have tend to have compassion, depending on the woman. <laughs> but I think there's just something God gave us to really be able to be put in a position to really help not even just finance things, but really just put some stank on stuff, you know, in a good way. I don't know how else to say it. And it's just like, I'm not a feminist by any means, but I just believe that women are in a position now and God is raising up more women that are going to be CEOs and bosses because I just feel like some men are just cowering at one point and some of them are just insecure to what women have to give and bring and they just want to have feel like they need to just be in control of everything and I think the the greater of it is that you should be somebody that's more secure in yourself knowing who you are and able to have a woman walk alongside you and it's not even in a case of a woman being a wife like yeah in the meantime men do choose a woman you know they'll choose a wife or someone that they know can nurture their children hold the fort down when they're going out to work do these things that they only cannot do on their own but that's why God said men needed someone to be there to be there to cultivate and help and and nurture and help me somebody that can actually help just bring things to life how about that we're life givers you know that's why women carry children we give life we bring life to something that is dead we bring life to something that is just no more we can breathe into it we can pray over it and we can just put our hand on it it just turns to gold I mean women we are raising up and I just wanted to say man should not live alone it's like we see what's going on at in the cabinet and, and up in congress and just with the president and all of that and I'm just like you know it, it would just suck to be a woman in congress right now and not be able to speak up it would suck to be a woman where I'm not feeling like I'm listened to. It was suck to feel like, you know, my my voice is not heard. And I think a lot of women are are stepping into position where they're speaking up, they're speaking out, and they have not only God backing them up, but they got wisdom and they got knowledge and they got all of these things because you know what? It's time for us to step up. And and men, I think you need to see that 
we have something to offer. And I think men are really starting to see that more. And I think the ego needs to just step aside for a minute. And the women, you need to not have too much pride about yourself, but there needs to be an equal impartation of what we're called to do together. I think bridging us together is the most important thing. And I think men, you need to know that we are supposed to be a helpmate to you, not just in as a wife, but as a, as business and in Congress and, 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 and mission work and things that we're called to do. And even women preachers are being raised up. Like women are holding the fort down, whether you're religious or not. Women are up there calling and speaking and bringing life to the body of Christ because we need the word and we need it to be trickled down. And if God is saying that he ain't just going to use men and if men don't want to step up, he was going to use the women. So um, I would say even go read the scriptures about Deborah, who was used in the Bible, you know, um, also read about Shira. She wasn't very talked about in the scriptures, but she was an establisher. Like she established different things in different places. I feel like she had a gift of an apostle um, and just so many women. Esther, I mean, women, if you need somebody to read about and we read about all these beautiful activists and all of that. And I think that's great. But just go back to the scriptures and read about the women like Mary, mama, Jesus's mama. Like she carried a, a purpose like God has so much purpose in women. And in Lydia, the, the woman that, you know, the seller of purple and acts and just just women just know just be empowered by by God and be encouraged with one another and sh- iron sharpen iron continue to encourage your sister we are called to do great works and men I, I need you to know that uh, you should not be alone because women need to be there by, by your side to help bring life to whatever it is that we're called to do that's just what I want to say I just want to encourage you I hope you got encouraged today and I want to pray for us how about that so dear Heavenly Father I thank you for this Monday I thank you for this week I thank you for all the things that we have to look forward to in this year, God, even though things seem to be just gray and dark for some people, God, I pray that you would shine your light, even this January, Lord God, even when the winter comes and it's cold, wherever we may be, God, I pray that there would be just a sun shining on the inside of us. I pray that everybody that feels just low and, 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 just really a hardship because of the grief and the things that they're going through with losing loved ones and all of the stuff that's been going on in life and just with our society. Father, I pray that there would just be a peace that surpasses all understanding. Even when we don't get what's going on, God, that your mind would cover over us with your peace, that you would bear the good news, even though the bad news is happening, God, that that gospel would be bringing each other life and bringing people um, back to the body of Christ and and, and nurturing us for what we really need to be called to do. And that's to reach people and that's to serve. God, Touch the children right now that need parents, Lord God. Touch the orphans, Lord God. Touch the widows that don't have husbands this this time, and and the husbands that have are widows that don't have wives. God, continue to bring people their way to support them. God, continue to bring people the the way of the to the children that have been manipulated and raped and and molested and all of these things. Continue to be the comforter because you love children, Lord God. And as much as people are thinking about all of these crazy things that are going on, God, you said to protect your children. You said to love on them. You said to be there for them. And Lord, we pray that. That the women that are ready to be nurturers to the community who may not have children will step up, Lord God. We pray that women that are ready to be nurturers to teenagers will step up and do what they're called to do. And we also pray for the men, Lord God, that they will step up and bridge the gap of this darkness, Lord God, that's going on and be men and say, no, this is not going to happen. There will be men to step up for women when women are being chastised and, and not treated right, Lord God. Men will step up and step their game up when it comes to protection of their their children and not only just their children, but the t- teenagers and the women that are around them that are like, no, this is not right, that they will see things through your eyes, God, and continue to bless the society, Lord God, and continue to be the light of our world. In the name of Jesus, I pray, be blessed.
Good morning, ladies and gents. This is Ebony Cherie of Kingdom Trends, and this segment is our The Voice of Reason segment. But I wanted to call in for Anchor today and talk about You Sold Your Soul, Now What? Powerful segment. Listen up. So in recent um, news, there's just been a lot of stuff going on. I feel like just with the church and whether it's, you know, Christianity and religion, whatever people want to call it. Um, I don't call Christianity religion, even though some people believe in it. It's all about the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ um, that leads you to get back to God. It's a reestablishment of the relationship that we once had with God. But because of sin, we had to rekindle that relationship. Amen? Okay. So it's just... Um, so many things about like celebrities and uh, there's just been a lot of heat about people selling their soul to the devil and all kind of stuff and um we can even reference scripture back in the the days if you want to go and read the gospels i do believe it's in matthew about how satan came to tempt jesus when he was at his weakest point when he was in fasting and prayer and he came to offer him the world pretty much and um i think that sometimes we tend to forget that what happened to jesus if you're a saint (laughs) or you're a believer in god or christ or even if you're not you're gonna get tempted no matter what people know that temptation exists you know that we have to walk in those shoes because god is going to test us and see if we're going to choose him over money choose him over sex choose him over our own you know ability to our own careers or whatever the case may be and um i think it's just so like it's really sad honestly um i've done a lot of research (laughs) starting back in 2010 and learning about the music industry and the fashion industry and industries just in general with people that are just money hungry greedy um crazy stuff going on we could already see all this stuff with um our kelly happening and our and and just a lot of people just doing different things that are just like wow this is totally beneath who god called you to be and i think a lot of times we don't always know who we are in christ we have an idea of who we are but we're still we're still growing and we grow in the faith and we grow into more of who he's called us to be in time when we develop a relationship with him and we sow into that relationship and I think sometimes we get tempted and tested in areas that we are really weak in and the enemy knows that like if you're a man and you know you struggle with sex you know he's gonna continue to test you in that area and you get tempted in that area God doesn't tempt us the devil tempts but God does test us you know you see that with Abraham when he told him to take um, his son up so he could sacrifice him but like we you're going to get tested in where you're weak and you have to fast you have to pray you have to have discernment and sometimes it's okay to ask god well where am i going to get tested next because i need to see what's going on you know or where am i where's the enemy trying to come at me where i'm weak father so that i can know how to guard that area i think that's why guarding our heart is so important god is so adamant about telling the truth and telling us how to keep ourselves from things that are going to self-destruct in his word that is that is our sword is our weapon and i think um, I think we just really don't understand that we are at a war here and it's it's not a physical war at all and um, it's spiritual and I think people always look at oh well even at Trump he's just this is that Trump has a lot of issues and he has a lot of dark things inside of him and he has things that are at war with his spirit and his soul you know he could try to claim Christianity but we all know his actions don't show that fruit <laughs> you know but we need to continue to pray for him and you know I, I, I feel indifferent about folks that get mad at people going to the White House and spreading the good news in the gospel because where else do they need to spread it? You know what I mean? You don't go into a place that is a church where people already know it. You go into a place that's wicked and you go in there and you speak the word. You speak the word of truth. You go up there and you worship. I think there were some people from Bethel Music Bethel Church that's in Redding, California that went up there and they got a lot of flack for that. Why are you going up there with him? He's crazy and blah, 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 blah. What more 
other place where um, you would want to go and worship God? What other place where you want to go and bring the atmosphere into a place where God has his presence there at this place is the White House, where it's all chaos and stuff. Who is in control? Not Trump. Who's in control? Not the Congress. Who's in control? God is. And I think people tend to forget who really runs this show. Like he, the enemy only has enough time on the earth as God allows because he knows he's doomed. So he's going to try to play around with everybody. The enemy doesn't like you. The devil doesn't like any of us. He hates you and he's going to torment you because he wants you in hell with him. But greater is he who is in you who is in the then who is in the world we have to remember who we are in christ we are chosen we are royal we not that we have to be better than no we need to go out to position ourselves so that we could continue to get people get people i saw a picture that really disturbed me recently of chris brown and i tell you some things i have seen dreams multiple dreams of few celebrities dying i don't always you know say what i see but i feel like it's okay for me to talk about it on the podcast so i will say so um a lot of times i write them down if i see it and i'll pray over that person i'll pray for them because god is obviously trying to show me something i remember about two years ago um i had this dream about chris brown don't know why god sometimes shows me dreams about beyonce i've had multiple of her so we'll get to that later but chris brown and he was on a stage and I was in this place and it was like I was coming from a place where it looked like, you know how you be um, in a movie, um, there's a little area where it's like, it kind of looked like a dungy area, you know, where trucks go like down in the, I'm trying to think of a scene in a movie that could remind me of it. Like, um, oh, the scene where, dust yourself off and try again with uh, Jet Li and Aaliyah, when there was like down in that area where she was fighting and she was doing that little tight move, it looked like a little dusty area like that. But then I came through and then I saw Chris Brown on the stage. And I'm telling you, I don't lie about anything that I see in my dreams. They're very, very vivid. They're very clear. I saw this like weird bluish kind of whole thing. And, and it was on the stage. And all of a sudden, Chris Brown just got sucked right in. And it was like immediately I knew he went straight to hell. Immediately I knew. And I was like, oh my God, like he just went to hell. And I look on his page sometimes. I don't follow him, but I go on his page and sometimes I pray for him. And I, I see like this dark stuff. And recently I saw on a page that I follow this young man by the name of Marcus Rogers, used by God, powerful man of God. Please follow him. Uh, Marcus, um, Marcus Rogers, uh, child of the king, I think, on Instagram. But anyways, he showed this picture of Chris Brown. And of course, there's a lot of Illuminati pictures and all this different stuff and video footage on. Do not hit me. Do not hit me. Um, Instagram and, and of course, uh, you know, YouTube and all of that different stuff, but it was very dark. Like it almost looked like he was, it was like his eyes were not his own eyes anymore. And he was laid up in one of the pictures and it was like, he was so like in a trance, like almost like demonic. It was just so ugly and scary looking. And I'm like, of course the authority of Christ is greater than that, but I'm just like this young man is no longer in God's hands if he grew up in church or whatever God is not his owner you can tell it's like these people get caught up in these these things and they sign these contracts and they don't know what they're getting themselves into when Chris Brown first came out yeah it was a teeny bopper baby you you know we would sing all the songs young girl all of that but he has had a few years up in this industry probably has had a lot of stuff happen to him that he will not talk about and can't talk about because that's when you know there's a lot of threats that come 
tell those people when they do all of these things and I'm just like you young people need to understand even this Instagram and even in the beauty industry like God told me do not even touch Fenty Beauty by Rihanna like don't even go into for it and touch it I know my God's voice and he told me don't even touch it he didn't even want me touching that girl's products because he knows what's at at the at the core root of all that stuff there's a lot of witchcraft and stuff that goes on behind closed doors with a lot of these celebrities they do stuff they're they're putting casting spells and witchcraft stuff on these products yeah of course they're going to produce the greatest products and do all lines all colors let's do all shades for everybody so everybody can feel great so that they can buy it you're going to keep her rich why on earth would i continue to keep somebody rich who does nothing for me i don't understand it i don't get it i don't support these people like that i may go on i follow i unfollowed a lot of celebrities i'm like god i need to focus and i need to stay prevalent um be be very persistent in the word and i need to make sure that i'm doing what i'm called to do and push the gospel push the gospel you know what i mean like it's very adamant at this time where we are at in 2019 we need to be aggressive the devil don't care he's as aggressive as he's going to be he's going to continue to be as aggressive as he's going to be because he doesn't care about you he doesn't care about me he doesn't care about children you know he doesn't care about anything and i think we need to just really take accountability for the stuff that we're doing like a lot of times these people they do need christ so we need to pray for them celebrities um you know, people that are just known us on Instagram, even a lot of pastors and preachers and teachers and comedians, I pray for them too, because I'm like, Lord, just cover them. You know, they're, you know, a lot of famous people do follow them and stuff, but I think God is raising up a generation of people that are going to serve him and going to be adamant about that because these people need that. And I think it's important that we do. It's not about being a star, but it's God's, God's raising up lights. He's raising up lights. I need my people to show forth my light in the world. So he's really calling us to do that and do it the right way. Not that we're going to be, not going to be tested and tempted. We have to be careful not to, you know, just hang out with any and all that kind of stuff but I think it's just important like what do you do when your soul is no longer yours you need to come to the church I, I, I that's why I am actually happy what has happened with Justin Bieber he's one of many that has cried out but I think a lot of them are fearful because if they say they're going to go back to living for God or whatever the case may be maybe they're just struggling so hard and so 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 hard with all of this stuff that it mean it might mean very well their death I think we know that you know, when you think about like Michael Jackson, when he said he was leaving Sony and then, you know, there's, there's, there's things about like Prince getting all of his stuff back, you know, and, um, apparently he didn't get it back his rights and all of this stuff, but he was trying to get his rights and all of this stuff back to the music that he had his catalog. And I don't know if he ever really got it, but you know, not long after that, he ended up dying. And then, you know, Whitney Houston, she just somehow ended up dead right when the Clive Davis party. It's just a lot of eerie, weird stuff. And I'm just like, I don't trust it. I don't trust these people. I don't trust a lot of people in the beauty industry either. I think it's very, you know, there's a lot of dark stuff in there too. And that's why I'm like, you know, God is not a God that he's going to lie about the stuff that he said, that people are going to be lovers of their flesh, lovers of all of these different things. And, um, lovers of selves and vanity and all of this stuff it's just like the devil is in all of that you know god is like i need you to be a light and this ain't about you there's people that are dying and going to hell and they don't even know me i need you to buckle up put your bootstraps on stop being wayward stop being lukewarm be somebody that is going to be hot on fire for me or you're going to be cold out there with the rest of the people like i remember i also had a vision of my foot um it was a foot or my foot whatever i had this vivid vision of a foot and it was like one foot was out the door and then one foot was coming back in the door 
And I knew that if I kept my foot in the door, the door would close and I would be protected. But I knew if I stepped out there that there would be no covering. And it was just like, God, you were showing me, I need to stick with you. I need to stay with you. I need to not get caught up in what everybody else is doing. I need to not get caught up in what I see and what seems to be so great and fashionable. It's really easy to get caught up when you're on Instagram and you posting all these beauty blogging type of stuff. But I'm like, I can't even be focused on that. When God has me have a center focus, I need to remain focused on that. So it's just like, your soul is like the greatest thing that you could ever keep in the Lord. Like you have to be anchored. There used to be an old school song that moms and grandmas and all them used to be singing. My soul is anchored. My soul is anchored. It's anchored in the Lord. And the fact of the matter that God gives us a free will and a choice, that's the greatest gift that he could ever give you. So when you think about this whole R. Kelly stuff, God ain't behind that. That's nothing but the enemy. The devil wants to control you. He wants to manipulate you. He wants to deceive you into thinking that you're going to have all this money and all this fame. Even when you think about people like Beyonce and all this stuff, people think she's just the greatest thing of all time. Do you know she suffers with depression? Do you know she goes through all of this stuff? All of the crap that she went through with Jay-Z, yeah, she puts it out there in her music, but this woman is not happy. She can very well be happy. She's she's stuck with this man for life. She's not going to leave him. She could have easily divorced him, but she can't even divorce him. It's the strongest, stronghold, manipulative relationship that she's ever had, I'm pretty sure. And people around her, too. So I just feel like these people, they show you all of this stuff, but I'm like, can you guys just not see through all of this stuff? Like, these people are hurting. They're broken. A lot of them turn to God, and some of them be reading the Bible more than regular Christians do because they know that this stuff is nothing but empty, wallow, hollowness. They can't take their money with them when they die. Yeah, they can keep it going for lineages, lineages, some beyond, but when they die, they're going to be asked, what did you do with what I gave you? God's going to ask all of us that question. We all get judged. So it's like, you didn't do anything with what I gave you. You just did up there and sat and gyrated on stage the whole time. You said you loved me. Yeah, your pastor probably paid for me, prayed for you, and you might have went to church sometimes, but you did not serve me with your life. At some point you might have. Maybe you gave to the needy and all this stuff, but I also remember I had a dream about Beyonce, and I've had a couple dreams about her, and I'm only going to share one, but there's been multiple dreams. I had a dream that she was laying um, like on this bed. Me and her were in this house. It, was, um, it wasn't dark, but it was kind of like, it was like a dimmed kind of light. There was people around or whatever. And I remember Beyonce was laying on a bed. It looked like a bed, what it was a bed. And she looked at me and we didn't even have any words. We didn't, we didn't have words for each other. It was almost like she was pregnant. And I think she might've been pregnant with her twins. And of course she's already given birth to her children, but she was pregnant on the bed. This was before she had gave birth to her kids. So that's why I was like, oh my God, I thought maybe she was gonna pass away. But in the dream, she was looking at me like a really deep look. And it was almost like she was saying to me, even though she didn't open her mouth, that I'm a, I knew she was about to die. We both knew she was about to die. But then she said to me, like, without opening her mouth, she did not know where she was going to go. Like, she was not sure. You know how some people can know, like, okay, I know I'm about to be with the Lord. I've done the best that I could do. And they know they're about to die. But they just, they know that, okay, I'm about to be in the arms of God. Beyonce does not have a clue in that dream. She did not have a clue where she was going to go after she died. Which means she had an understanding of, like, she knew that she believed in that, the quote-unquote afterlife like someone it's like some would call it but she just didn't know where her soul was going to go at the end of the day and that kind of that would made me like sad and disappointed so I of course I pray for her and I think a lot of people do um but it just made me think like um I I do believe like in the dream I had prayed and I have felt like okay Lord I believe she's going to be with you you know and I do believe she's going to be with you because I'm praying for her and you know I don't hate Beyonce I just 
dislike the function of what she does. And it's just people don't understand that there's a lot of spiritual stuff that goes on with these things when they're on stage. They're doing witchcraft rituals and spells and it doesn't look like it. But, you know, there's a lot of spirits that are there. They're Beyonce. They it's not even just her that does these things. It's the things that go on around her. There's are literally witches that speak stuff over her and if she's already operating in that it's just like it's a total opposite you know the devil was was a big time in heaven so he thought but he does opposite of what god does so he copies everything god does because he wants to be god he puts up these statues in these churches of satan it's like you know people are putting up this stuff because they want power and control and they really believe and they're deceived because they're going to end up in hell where the devil is going to be you know burning for eternity because they believe him if they don't turn their life over to christ and that's just bible that's just truth you know there's going to be people that are crazy like that that believe that crap there are folks out here that are just witches that are just praying over people curses and speaking ill will of you you know and so it's like he does opposite just like with the star of david there's this there's a crazy witchcraft star of satan you know you could think about positive things like miracles with jesus and how he did things negative things are magic with the devil people try to say that oh it's just magic it's like no boo magic is witchcraft and y'all watching harry potter and all of this i said in a podcast with can we talk about it with me and my girl ask three one through three like y'all we have to be careful of this witchcraft and watching the harry potter and the hocus pocus we used to watch all that stuff when i was little i had to repent of all of that because i'm like there's so much stuff that could get in your soul with that stuff because the devil is the biggest deceiver he wants to be like god so yeah he's gonna turn what miracles are great things where and turn it into magic and it's witchcraft because you're drawing up demons you're doing stuff that is negative in the name of him when you watch that crap you're even watching it you're putting that in your soul so we have to be careful with this stuff these disney movies this disney channel people wanting their kids to be rich and famous i'm like god God called us to be content. He said he would raise up lights. Yeah, of course. But the tempter comes. He's going to come. He's going to come. He's offered me all kind of stuff through people. You know, and I'm just like, nah, you, you know, at first, you know, you couldn't, you could think that some things are good, but nah, the enemy is after everybody. He don't care. And if you already on his team, he already got you. He's going to go after people that he knows love the Lord and that are really out about, about so, sowing a seed, but we're great, great in God. And we have power and authority. And I think now is the time where people are really needs to choose what they're going to do. You got to choose this day who you're going to serve. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon, I don't think it's just money. Mammon to me is just this world and yourself and your flesh and choosing your own way. And just like, I'm going to do what I want to do. These kids are growing up being rebellious. They're disrespectful to parents and teachers and, and, and authorities. They don't open the doors for people that are elder. They don't op- uh, offer them uh, a place to sit down on the bus. It's very self-entitled, very selfish, very, I want this, I want that. And I'm just like we can't continue to perpetuate this and giving them all the iphones and all of this stuff you want boo boo if your grades are not even up to par you ain't even got a 3.5 we're not getting you anything you need to go down to the homeless shelter and serve you need to take your bus somewhere and tutor some children you need to get you a job you know what i mean parents is just giving their kids everything oh you didn't have and you're trying to keep up with the jones no boo you're gonna be working you're gonna be riding your bike you're going to be doing things like we used to did when we was 90s, in the 90s. Like, I don't understand it. And I don't have children yet. Yeah. You can say, well, it's different. When you try to give your kids what you didn't have, I don't need to give them anything. I had a lot of things and we didn't have. 
I was still blessed and fortunate. Very content child. I never really wanted for anything because God always blessed me with the things that we needed and extra. So I just think sometimes we get caught up in what we see everybody else having. People want to keep up with everybody else. Um, You know, this whole Instagram and Facebook and all of this stuff, everybody's trying to make it. Everybody's trying to be somebody. Don't think you're somebody. So you're trying to be somebody. You want people to follow and like. And it's just like, you know, we really got to get back to the roots of what everything is supposed to be about. Because sometimes it's just... It ain't, it ain't what it all cracked up to be. And I just wanted to say that, like, the enemy is after people. We just need to be more conscious. We need to be aware of it. We need to be more conscious, even myself, you know, being more discerning. I think it's important for us to pray without ceasing, to read our Bibles. Those of you that are believers, if you're not, hey, how you doing? You're more than welcome to listen in to. You can also pick up your Bible, your word. A lot of people don't believe in the Bible, but you know what? It has gotten me through a lot of rough times. Scriptures have because it's life. It's life to my bones. It's life to my body. When I need healing, it, it came through. When I spoke over myself and spoke positive things, that came through. It's not even about just being positive and speaking light. You need to speak the word. God's word is truth in it. And I think we need to be more careful about what we say about one another, how we treat each other, have our attitudes. Everything affects everything. You know what I mean? Whether you think it is or not, our thought processes affect things, you know? So I'm just saying like this soul tie thing, what are you tied to? You know, your soul could be anchored in the wrong thing. So I'm just saying these celebrities are not the only people that have sold their souls. A lot of people sell their souls when they don't do right on their job and they're doing opposite or they're following the crowd on their job. And I think it's very important that we really take heed to what it is that we really are doing and are we keeping God first are we really putting him at the forefront of everything that we're doing this is a call of people that call themselves Christians and believers this is to me too I just feel like we really need to be adamant about who our source is and where we are and if our soul is anchored it's like are you going to be willing to give yourself in your life for Christ like he gave his life for you so that's the end of this segment I hope you guys listen to the words of encouragement today and I pray you're blessed have a good one bye-bye Good morning, Anchor. It is January 21st, 2019. Martin Luther King Day. Happy Martin Luther King Day, everyone. Um, I just wanted to encourage my brothers today. This is a brother's post, okay? <laughs> um, I was just thinking, while in my deep thought, as I usually do, uh-huh, about how we need to start empowering and encouraging our brothers as kings. Um, so many times, I think we hear and see on social media and so many other platforms about women destroying the male ego and image with their words calling them dogs the n-word um you know just so much crap you know that men have had to take um on and I saw a post recently about um men usually not knowing how to uh deal with their emotions when they feel like they've been verbally abused or just um, taken advantage of by women with their words. And you know us women, we know we can cut. We ain't even got to hit, we ain't got to punch, we ain't got to do nothing, use our hands. We could just say a thing and that'll tear a man down. I've been guilty of that as well. I have realized some of the things that I've done because of the way that I was raised and some of the things that I've seen, honestly, my mom do. And it wasn't that she was being abusive or anything like that. It was just some things generationally you learn based off of what your parents might have learned and it doesn't make it right but it makes it your environment and shapes who you are but I had to through Christ get out of that mindset and have him help me 
um, learn what it meant to encourage a man, encourage your brothers, and and encourage men um, in a, in a positive way. And that's why I'm so adamant about not saying the N word. And I remember when I was in college, I. I had joined this Facebook group when Facebook first started for just college students. And I, it was like, I am trying to stop using the N-word. I was like, this is me. It's like an N-word anonymous group. And I was just like, God, I'm really trying to stop. Especially with me becoming the black president, um, black student union president at my school. It was called BCAP, Black Cultural Affairs Board. And I was a president. I served a president and secretary um, at my school at the time. And I was just like, I can't be a part of this running this call saying the n-word and I honestly didn't say it that much I feel like I said it because it was just like you know something that we say every now and again or when high school because of music or whatever because it was a part of the lingo every now and again I yeah I said but I wasn't like it was every word that came out of my mouth no my grandpa said it and he was born in 1929 god rest his soul but he shouldn't have been using it either and so it's just it's negative and I don't care how you know black folks want to always get creative and try to re recreate something and make it our own and I don't like that word God said in the word if you want to read about it in Peter first Peter I believe it is first or second I'll I'll get it right one of these old days (laughs) that we are chosen generation we are royal priesthood we're a holy nation God says we're chosen we're royal priesthood not nowhere in the word did he call anybody the n-word he didn't say it to anybody he said in the very beginning of Genesis that when he created man in his image he created everything and it was good god said you're good you know what i mean so it's like god is dope dope god dope god we dope we came out of his image we need to stop using that word that's the honest god to honest truth and you get mad when somebody calls you it and you're not they're not black but you're the one that's using it and you give them the right to use it because you use it and it's a part of our culture and if people want to be a part of the culture they say the word and you know they want to be in they want to be slight you know it'd be like me trying to go and be a part of something else i'm gonna do as the romans do right and we get mad and it's like that doesn't make it right and i think it's just it's a double standard it doesn't make it right and nobody should use the word i don't care what the what the rappers say it's why do you have to use it and we wonder why we rock men are walking around pants still sagging they look to what the media tells them who they are because some of their fathers haven't been in their lives to reinforce their identity so it's just a generational curse that needs to be broken i'm tired of it so i just encourage us as women to empower our men and call them what they are men kings royal priesthood you are a chosen generation i saw this man at the gas station on sunday on my way to church and he had his pants sagging young black young black king and i walked outside and i saw him i said pull your pants up you are a king he said yes ma'am he pulled them pants up he even started to walk different when i watched him walk off so it's just in our words our words have power and i think we all would know that and that's why sometimes we use them negatively because we know what it could do to somebody why don't we change that around so kings today i said you not a nigga you are a king you are a royal priesthood you are a chosen man of god and walk in that sir all right now happy martin luther king day y'all go somewhere and serve and bless somebody with your mouth and not curse them in the name of jesus amen have a blessed day everyone morning loves i had a little message to the masses for today that we need to stop putting a lot of our hope and trust in 
the government and the president and in Trump. And what I mean by that is I think people are so thinking about what the president can do or cannot do or what he has the ability to um, do, like with the government shutdown and stuff. This this really is a shout out to Christians, too, is like we have to start putting more of our hope and faith in the God that we serve and not the president. That's Trump. You know, it's like we still have to have faith regardless of what's going on around us. I mean, people got together and came together and utilized their resources to help people that were, you know, part of the government shutdown. And I think that says a lot and that speaks volumes. And I think that goes to say that even though he may not be doing things at the high end of things, you know, that still doesn't stop us from getting out there and serving our community. Like, what does Trump have to do? with you going out to feed the homeless he's not stopping you from doing that you know what does trump have to do with starting the business that god put in your heart to start and maybe even going into real estate because maybe we should use this as a tool to see how we can go and take ownership of the land so that we can do better so that we can run business that we can start what god called us to do i think sometimes we get so caught up in what we're seeing and what he's not doing and we focus on ranting and ranting and ranting about what he's doing what he's not doing when you're supposed to be doing what you're doing When we all die, God is not going to ask, what did Trump do for you? You know, he has his own thing that he has to deal with with him. He's going to ask, what did you do for him? And I think it goes to say that we need to stop having hope and faith in the government, too. I think we need to start thinking about what do we got to do as human beings, you know, outside of that. Because, and especially as believers and Christians, you know, welcome everybody that who may not be and you're listening in. But, you know, I think there's something to say about there's still a message and there's still a There's still a purpose for us outside of what's going on. Yes, we have to vote. Yes, we need to get in politics. Yes, we need to decipher what's right and what's wrong, and we need to speak up about it. I am all about that. Trust me. However, our faith and our hope shouldn't be in what we see. You know, our faith and our hope should be in what we don't see, and that's God. So that's my message to the masses today. I hope everyone's enjoying their morning, and have a beautiful, bodacious, blessed day. Bye-bye. This is Ebony Cherie of Kingdom Trends, and today I just wanted to just give some love and encouragement to people. I won't say, uh, I won't say lack thereof melanin. <laughs> the other ones, I guess some of y'all would call it, but my people uh, who have been there for me um, in a time of desperation and, and when I needed it most. I have a lot of people in my life that where I, I went to school in Oregon, Portland, Oregon, that little old town right there under Washington. And there were so many people that were, they imparted so much in my life that weren't black, you know? And, and, and being in America right now in this time, there's so much, so many things I feel like that are trying to divide cultures and it's just it's very irritating and it's so disheartening because it's happening within the church and um people could act like it's not or not let's just be real with it but I just wanted to negate all of that and be thankful for those in my life who came um into my life at a perfect time where I needed them most and these people were what we call white I guess you know whatever Caucasian of that descent but the most the the best thing about it was they inspired me and it it helped my spiritual growth. Let me just tell you that. They were honest with me, forthcoming with me. They spoke into my life. Some of them I'm still in touch with. You know, um, I hope I imparted into their life more than they imparted into mine. Because sometimes I feel like I was a sponge. I always try to soak up. I need it. I need it. You know, but 
spiritually, it helped me grow. And I want to shout out Samuel Wilson. I love you and Kathy. I thank y'all for all that you were and have been in my life. And I just um, thank you, God, for even thank God for you because Samuel you're such a great writer and an inspiration to me and I always was so thankful for worshiping um on on a platform with you and your wife and I'm just thankful for you I'm grateful for God and your babies that you guys have into the world and you know I always wanted the best for you and I thank God for you guys and I know that God's going to use you in time to really reach the nations with your songs and so I thank you for that um Janelle and Scott Janelle Porter and Scott Porter, one of the most amazing dynamic duo of interior decorating, construction, and design. I mean, the church that I went to out there um, in Oregon, this woman, Janelle, would just take her gift and go and run with it. They would create things that you would see in magazines just for the church, and it just... I can't even tell you the impeccable design, LED lighting in the bathrooms. I mean, Christmas trees with women products on it. Like this woman just went with it and went for it. And I just thank God for that that couple. Scott, you inspired me with your messages and um, the things that you would say that would encourage my heart. And I just thank you for for that. Miss Marla um, Sweeney, I'm just thankful for you for all the times that you stood by me when I needed to go through some healing with God and in those deep wounds in those places in my heart that I didn't even know were there. Um, you are so patient. You're such a kind, loving woman. And I'm just so thankful for you and eternally grateful for all that you are and your patience with people that are struggling with their relationship with God in areas because they are healing and need healing. Thank you for all that you are. And I, I, I applaud you and I, I appreciate you. Miss Marnie, M, I'm going to call you M, Marnie M, powerful woman of God, beautiful story, authentic, kept it real with me, still keeping it real with me, you know, people might have up and down times in their relationships, but no matter what and where we are and where we go, we'll always be sisters in Christ, doesn't matter, you share a similar gift to me, and I just appreciate the times that you were patient with me. Um, and, and forgiving me when I was in error. <laughs> I just love you so very much. Uh, Miss Debbie Cookston, so grateful for you being a mom away from home um, for me and to me. And though things are different in people's lives, no matter what we wanted in the past, it doesn't matter because God has brought beautiful things into all of our lives. I'm thankful for you and your sister, Miss Sandra Hopkins. Oregon has really helped to raise this young woman of God. I have to say, that um, I just want to thank God for all the people that have inspired me. I even want to um, shout out Miss Kim Sunderland. Um, I met her briefly, but she sold into my life. Not only that, but she kept it honest and real with me. And I just appreciated her and 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 her desire to want to see dreams even fulfilled in me when she only met me for a brief moment. I appreciate you, sister in Christ. If if I've forgotten anybody, please charge it to my head and not my heart. There's so many other of you in Oregon that have just been such a great blessing to me and I show my appreciation and love for you guys because at this time in our country where people are being divisive I want to just make sure that I'm trying to not be separate from the things that I know that I needed at the time in my life that I needed them from people of another culture and it was so important that I I got that at the time in my life um I'm thankful for even the experiences that I had at my college where um it charged me to even push boldly as a woman of color no matter what entities (laughs) entities <laughs> I'll call them were trying to hold me down or trying to hold um 
our, our system down that we were trying to run and our programs down. Um, it didn't really matter. You know, I want to shout out even Tana actually, who, um, a woman of native descent who was powering behind us, even though she may not have agreed with everything that this, the, the program brought to the table. I was just thankful that she listened to us. And I, I'm just so grateful for that because it's all about love. Um, I'm thankful for the Kybegan club at Portland State. I don't know. I'm just thanking all my thank yous, all my thank yous for, for just teaching me how it meant to just continue to be supportive to another group that doesn't doesn't even look like you it doesn't even matter you know I was so grateful for my position as a multicultural affairs director of my college at the time because I just learned so much about just embracing culture even more you know I grew up in Seattle Washington where I grew up around a lot of culture so racism wasn't even an issue to me until I got to college and that was my experience when I got to college but as a child I was just loving to everyone because that's just what I was taught to do and that's just who I was and who I am but I just wanted to say thank you to people um that have been so so wonderful in my life and I have a really great friend um Lauren Huntington I just wanted to shout her out be dropping jewels okay (laughs) she has a new business called encouragements I know you guys might have listened to the ad that I have on here um trying to promote her business but she's a sister a dear sister in Christ and she's helped me and I've helped her and I feel like she's imparted into me so much and she still does you know she gives even beyond measure as a wife and as a mother and as well as a friend and she's such a great a great host (laughs) and she's a great friend and I just want to shout you out boo boo I love you Lauren um I don't even know who else to think about everybody's just coming to my mind and um I just want to just thank all my teachers you know that that taught me Miss Hogan and Miss Lavina and Miss Hodges and Miss Blanche and everybody that helped to shape this girl like this now woman you know at the time in my life where I just needed that there's so many different people that can impart into you no matter what they look like and um I just want to champion the people in my life who have helped me no matter what they look like you have you have helped impart into my life somehow and though I'm not like on a stage giving thank yous at the Grammys or anything it's like a thank you goes a long way and an appreciation and a love and support for people that don't even look like you it makes people feel good and I think in a world where people's faith is dying and people's hearts are just hardening towards other people that don't look like them I just want to make sure that people know that that's not my case and that case will not ever be me because I'm a woman that loves and I love deep and when I see things like this go on in our country it makes me want to just reach out to people that don't look like me even more so I just want to say thank you guys I love everybody um I hope everyone has a blessed and awesome day and my my encouragement to everyone that listens to this podcast is go ahead and love on somebody that doesn't look like you all right be blessed so I was running my take back and of my thank yous my other thank yous I realized I totally forgot a good friend slash um I don't even know what to call this woman she's just an amazing artist and Misty Talkish when I first met Misty and I saw her name was Talkish I thought it was Talk-ish like you know how people say the S word I'm not cussing but the S word and they really meant ish I thought her, that's what her name <laughs> was on Facebook at the time. I was like, her name is Talkish, or is she just clowning? No, her last name is Talkish. Sorry, Misty, I'm just putting all your rhythms out here. Like, everybody that follows you know this, but she not only is an amazing woman of God, but mentor type friend, just strong advocate for people that are in need, especially homeless people, especially 
artistic people and um, people that are in transition women like I work with her at a, a, a program for teens and young adult mothers and I'm telling you that job whipped my butt but it whipped me into shape and it showed me a lot about myself and things that I needed to change you know a lot of the mental issues that I still needed to work on been like oh gosh but I was just so thankful for her that she called me and um I immediately popped up in her mind when it came to a job and it just meant a lot to me and she's so artistic and I just always try to you know show her her gift on Instagram when she does something really really cool but she's just a really great woman photographer all of those things you know when you just meet people that just are gifted in their craft but they take it seriously and they're excellent at it you know you could say oh she gifted but she got work on a little bit of that no it's just like it's like she could do it in her sleep (laughs) and I just love you Misty and I'm just so thankful and she married to a brother honey and Mr. Justin I love them one day if I ever have my own talk show which I don't know if I ever will I may not I don't know who cares for teen teenagers or CEO or something I'm gonna invite y'all on here y'all can talk about your life story because they got some they got some jewels to drop and they're younger but they're bold in their faith and you're so funny y'all is like the cutest couple and i always say how pretty misty is she is gorgeous with her red hair she just she's sis you're everything i love you misty <laughs> so i forgot with my girlfriends and it was her and she's pretty awesome and she's still running an amazing program back in washington you guys check it out it's called special delivery and um it's pretty amazing in washington woodenville so just wanted to make sure that i shouted her out everybody be blessed and have a happy 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 valentine's day bye I wanted to read a few scriptures on justice and how the Lord God feels about justice and what he will do in regards to justice, okay? So the first scripture is found in Psalm 7 verse 3. It speaks, Arise, Lord, in your anger, rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, my God, decree justice. Let the assembled peoples gather around you, while you sit enthroned over them on high. Let the Lord judge the peoples. Vindicate me, Lord, according to my righteousness. Next scripture is going to be found in Isaiah 60, verse 8. 61 verse 8 excuse me it says for i the lord love justice i hate robbery and wrongdoing in my faithfulness i will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples all who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the lord has blessed This is coming from the Life Application Study Bible, NIV version. I always prefer the New King James version. I mean, King James is the closest thing you'll get to the original, I guess, from the very beginning because there's nothing before that um, for us to read. Um, I'm not aware that there is, but New King James version is just a little easier for me to read instead of reading like, you know, the thou's, the thus, the, you know. It's a little hard to get through sometimes, but New King James Version is what I um, I prefer. But 
this particular scripture is 61 verse 8. Um, I love how at the bottom it kind of gives the footnotes and explains what it means. And I'm going to read 61 verse 8 with the, the breakdown of that was. We suffer for many reasons. Our own mistakes, someone else's mistakes, injustice. When we suffer for our own mistakes, we get what we deserve. When we suffer because of others or because of injustice, God is angry. God in his mercy says that his people have suffered enough. God will reward those who suffer because of injustice. He will settle all accounts. So to me, it just means that God cares about when people are treated unfairly. And there's also another scripture that talks about um, when we show, um, when we don't show love to the homeless or making sure that we take care of them, that God is not pleased with that, you know? Um, and I think it's important that we know these things and know what God's word says about them. And I'm still learning a lot, um, you know, biblically and, and, and spiritually about God's thoughts and feelings about certain things and some things I just won't know. Um, but I think it's important for us to understand that God is a God of righteousness and he is a God of justice. I think we we realize that when we have things going on in our life and people do us wrong and we want to repay evil for evil, but God does say vengeance is mine to repay, says the Lord, and I'll make sure that I get you the scripture on that one. Um, But I think it's important for us to know God in a way that he's a loving God. Yes, um, but he also is a God that cares about people being treated a certain kind of way because that's not his heart for any of us. Um, So the scripture of vengeance is his is found in Romans 12 verse 19 and it reads dear friends never take revenge leave that to the righteous anger of God for the scripture says I will take revenge I will pay them back says the Lord and God doesn't repay evil for evil let me just get that straight he tells us not to so you know he's not going to and I think sometimes in our feelings of injustice injustice or feeling like we're not being completely justified we want people to pay quote unquote but God sometimes repays in ways that we don't even realize sometimes he may be repaying in a way of love to that person to draw them closer to him because he loves all of us and we all he all wants all of us to be in relationship with him and right standing with him um I just I think in a time where we're at it's important that we you know just try to love you know it, it it's a hard hard thing when people are all over the map and and trying to make sure they're represented here make sure we're we're being you know taken care of here as a culture and I but I think God is just a God of like neutrality because he's a God of love and he doesn't have a respect of a person he wants all of us to treat each other right and fairly and with kindness and love you know that's what the spiritual fruits are all about and um but I also believe he's a God of righteousness and justice and he'll take care of things when it seems that they aren't working out um the scripture about showing contempt for their maker when they 
you don't take care of the poor. It's found in Proverbs 17, verse 5, and it reads, I'm going to read the New Living Translation. Those who mock the poor insult their maker. Those who rejoice at the misfortune of others will be punished. So we have people that always, you know, talk about other people, whether it be on social media or in person, or um, just insult other people that may be, like, you know, disabled or, or something that's just not right with people. Or even when we criticize, you know, I feel like that's a lightweight um enjoy you know rejoicing in others misfortunes sometimes people laugh at people that are poor you know people want people to you know just perish like you know I heard someone say just get rid of it these people population control in in regards to the homeless and I'm thinking like that ain't God because it brought me back to the scripture of Proverbs 17 verse 5 mocking the poor or not you know doing well by them you know is not it's not right you know so I think it's important that we realize that God is also a God of righteousness and justice and if I were you I would google you know scriptures that talk about God as a righteous God and how he has a different kind of righteousness and and wrath and 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 thoughts of anger when it comes to things that he sees um bible study tools is a really great one because um dot com it, it it gives you a list of scriptures I mean I love using bible gateway that's probably my go-to bible hub sometimes always pops up but I I always like to go to Bible study scriptures and um, crosswalk, I think it's called, um, because they send me scriptures um, in my email. And it seems to be that the scriptures are always on time and always on point. Like, I feel like for where I am in my life, it's just so funny. I feel like how God works in that in that regard. Um, but it's important to do that. Another one that's a really great online reference for scriptures and looking up things is gotquestions.org. Now, I think it's various people that write answers to some of the questions that people have, but I think it's really good because they break down um, the scriptures. And I think it's important when you answer a question that you need a scripture to back it up in context, you know, and I'm still learning certain things. And I, I believe there's an answer for almost everything that if we're a Christian or somebody that believes in the faith that you can go and you can look it up and try to find something in regards to it and then kind of dissect it using the context or concordance or whatever because I think God wants us to understand you know that's even uh, a scripture you know get understanding and um, if we don't you know know something then I think it's it's important to get understanding you know um but yeah, I just wanted to say that and um, that I pray that all, all are trying to walk in the, the spirit, you know, as far as the, the spiritual fruits of love and joy. Self-control is something I'm working on. <laughs> Not that I'm irate or anything, you know, I think there's just sometimes I, I feel a lot um, when it comes to things around me. So I just want to make sure I have God's feelings about things and not my own. Amen. So I'm going to pray for us. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. I pray everyone is enjoying this Sunday. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I just thank you for waking us up today. I thank you for giving us enough grace for today to do the things that we need to do, whether it be go to church, whether it be go to work, or whether it be to serve in any capacity, Father. I just thank you that we all look to you for our help when it comes to love and and rejoice um, in you, Father, because you're with us, Father. I just thank you, dear Lord, for helping us to be children of God and walking in righteousness and love towards other people. Not self-righteousness, but a righteousness that covers over everything that's going on in this world that doesn't seem right. 
gotta thank you that you said um love covers a multitude of sins and i thank you to lord that we will be covered god from our sins and we were already covered because jesus went to the cross for that but i thank you to lord that we will see the way your son jesus saw and that we will cover over other people's sins when they wrongdo us not saying that we have to accept everything wrong in our lives but that we have grace for people because when we needed grace we were extend- we it was extended to us so help us to have that same grace to other people i thank you that you're going to rid things out of this country that don't look like you and you're going to bring a foundation of your truth and your righteousness and your justice but also your love thank you for turning people's hearts towards you and bringing a spirit of unity in this year in the name of jesus i pray amen everyone be blessed Good morning, Saints. Uh, it's your girl Ebony Sheree here, also known as the Voice of Reason of Kingdom Trends podcast on Anchor. I just had some thoughts earlier today, and um, it's not on a super serious note. It's just kind of a funny note about my people's shout out to us, <laughs> cultural uh, about music and how like we could create the funniest songs that don't even make sense or it could be in others eyes really dumb or even dumb in our own eyes but we're dancing to it I remember in college we stayed at the parties and in the club okay I have been since redeemed from that I'm more like a lounge girl now and I like uh different types of music but in the clubs honey and it would be songs like do the stanky leg do the stanky leg and we in there like i hate this song but why am i in here doing the stanky leg doing the stanky leg or it'll be like Halle berry Halle berry we're like miss berry we going in like you know and it's it's just like the song makes no sense but we're going in and it just it's so funny how the culture works and just culture in general about like songs it could even be like a country song i'll be listening to it they talking about beer love my girlfriend left me and we're just going in and it just be a, on a little tight beat and we're sitting on a dock of the bay and we were talking and, <laughs> and they just telling stories like i feel like every song has a story behind it I, there's even a story of how it came up but I was just thinking this earlier today and laughing to myself and I just wanted to talk about it on the podcast how we just create songs in general, you know, but I was specifically thinking about my culture, my people, because it could be the funniest, most stupidest song, but we're, we're bobbing to it and the beat matters, like beats matter. They do. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. And it's just funny how we create these songs and it's just so funny. Or it could be like, you be so pumped when you finally get a song where it's like I used to like to listen to rap when I was like in middle school and high school and I would print out the lyrics you know this is before LimeWire before the downloading and everything I literally used to print out the lyrics and learn raps like MC Light raps I knew Busta Rhymes raps I knew like I just love the uh staccato or whatever the fast movement the rhythm the used to love to rap I just you know I would create raps and write them and when I could get a Busta song, oh, you can tell me nothing. Like, you know? And then I think about um, Music Soul Child. He had this one song, and I was, like, so determined to learn it because it's my, my friend at the time we were in the car. Shout out to Chris. Let me see. And he knew the song, and I was like, oh, I don't know this album, but I'm about to learn this song because I want to learn that part, you know? And you'd be pumped. It was on his Just Listen album. I think that was his first album. And it was 
uh, the song about Mary. And when he starts spelling M-E-R-Y-H-O-W-C-O-U-L-T-Y-O-U-B-E-S-O-C-R-U-E-L-T-O-M-E-M-Y-Love <laughs> M-E-R-Y-H-O-W-C-O-U-L-T-Y-O-U-B-E-S-O-C-R-U-E-L-T-O-M-E-M-Y-Love. I was like, hey! when I finally got it I know I messed up in the first one that's why I redid it (laughs) but it's just funny you know how music is just is universal is powerful too and I know this is one of the songs that people probably don't really remember or they probably do remember but when it came out I was like I kind of like this song you know Bow Wow he's he's gotten not such a good rap these days shout out to Bow Wow God bless you sir but (laughs) when he and Sierra came out with that song and you was like this is kind of cute I was like I ain't never been that you could show me in a special way I feel with you we gon' always be together baby that's what you told me and I believe it I was like oh shoot that's kind of cute like you know like I don't know music is just so funny and I was thinking about that earlier I was like my people could be coming up with some stupid songs and we in there just dancing to it it's like I don't want to do the stanky leg but you be like I'll do it and you and crank that soldier boy and just songs that are just so catchy we just find ourselves doing dances to it and it's just I don't know I guess it's just the creation or the root of Cameroon in African Americans but (laughs) I don't know what it is but it's a it's a cool thing but at the same time it's just like dang we need to make some more good stuff because I'm ready to dance I'm ready to move but it was just a thought I had and I just be thinking about some things sometimes I ponder I have a lot going through my brain sometimes so what I'm gonna do is I'm definitely gonna add those songs on here not all of them but I'll add the top the top three ones uh on here so you guys can take it back and it's uh Wednesday so we're gonna work it out Wednesday with some old school songs but anyways I hope you guys are having a blessed day this is the voice of reason be feel feel free to follow me on kingdom underscore trends on Instagram got a little revamp on my page going some uh, artistic expression coming for me so hope you enjoy all right god bless bye children, um, our grandchildren, not 
our pastors, not our leaders, not our bosses, not not a celebrity, not anybody. And um, I think I talked about this on a brief podcast with me and my friend um, when I was in the eighth grade. Um, I it was like seventh eighth grade. A lot of us, you know, are like teeny boppers. We love the the artists, the celebrities. We're young. We're trying to find ourselves. We we we, we love the pop culture and all of that. And in seventh grade, I. I had like I used to get all the magazines right on word up back in the day the 90s we had everything vibe you name it I'd have a um the the other type of magazines as well but more poppy poppy culture hip-hop R&B all of that and I grew up on R&B and gospel but I remember when I had all these posters and um, everybody you name it Usher oh god I I was like in love with Usher I idolized him. He was like my husband in my head. <laughs> and like Destiny's Child and like all the rappers, everybody. And my mom, like I grew up in a traditional, you know, Christian home. But my mom, like I grew up around music because my auntie was in a group. And like most of my family sings. Like you you would just be surprised. Like I, I have a very musical family like dancing singing you name it it's just we're very artistic as a family and um but my auntie was in a group and I grew up around all types of music so you name it I I I knew it um from Tupac to Biggie to Fuji's to Busta Rhymes even R. Kelly you know all of that I kind of grew up mostly around gospel and R&B and so anyway long story short I put like I didn't even have tape that time I would take them on my wall but they were all over my wall like all the celebrities and Usher was right behind my door so that when I got home from school I could kiss his picture hey how you doing (laughs) yeah I'm not the only one but I remember uh, my mom uh, came in my room one day and I had had my pictures up for a while like you know I had been buying the magazines going in you know and buying them and I grew up in the church and stuff like that but my mom came in my room one day and she told me that, you know, my mom hears from the Lord. She always hears from the Holy Spirit. And God speaks to her. And she, she was just like, Ebony, God told me to tell you to take those posters off of your wall. And I was like, <gasps> like on the inside. But I, I obeyed, you know, and I took them off my wall. And I'm so glad I understand now why I did that. Because at the time as a teenager, you know, sometimes, you know, when you grow up in church and your parents, they hear from God and they, you want to be obedient and you know that God is your father and you want to not disobey him. Um, now I know why God had me not keep those people on my wall because I was idolizing them and my mom didn't even go into detail. She just told me what the God, what God said do and I did it, but I didn't get it at the time. But as I got older, I started to realize, you know, and when I got to college, I kind of like I had put some on my wall but it wasn't a lot I had Beyonce on my wall and like Faith Evans and that was it um because I was you know inspired by music and um all of that stuff but at the time I didn't realize that I was idolizing all of those people and it's just God has been dealing with me on this and he's been dealing with a lot of different people on this and a lot of pastors and a lot of preachers and just people that are raising up and speaking the word of truth and recently um God has been dealing with me, and I've been praying about this. I I had joined a sorority um, in college. It was Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and um, God just was dealing with me about 
not rejoining and I had considered like you know going back and uh, being financial and all of that stuff but I haven't been financial since I left college and um, it just I just didn't really feel the connection I had went to a event on uh, the founders day of it and I you know I was connected with the ladies they were nice they were sweet and everything but it was just like when I left the day after in the morning time this only was confirmation for me i stumbled across this video and it was like you know how you have those recommended videos for you on youtube and i know it was god leading me there i had went to a video that had um this one girl said why i denounced my membership of delta sigma theta which is another sorority um it's part of the divine nine sorority fraternities and nobody knows about that you can kind of research it but um initially the idea behind it was it was these they the organization started because um back in the day of course we know there was a lot of segregation and there were um caucasian sororities and fraternities and um the sorority that i was a part of was established on howard university in 1908 by a, a woman you know an african-american woman and so the idea behind it is like okay it was the first you know established african-american organization sorority for women of color you know because you know pretty much all the other sororities and fraternities were not having it with african-americans joining and it was unfortunate back in the day you know people were still acting funny like that um but i got the reasoning behind it but recently god has been dealing with me about idols and contrary to the belief whether people are a part of a sorority or fraternity and they 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 agree to disagree and they're christian it's okay you know if god didn't speak to you about it i'm not going to judge you it's just something that you put on my heart i came across the video and um it was just confirmation that i knew that i was supposed to denounce my membership and i know that a lot of people um don't really probably understand why would you do that why would you do that like it's supposed to be for life but if God told me to leave then I need to leave it's not for life for me you know and so the woman was talking about why she denounced her membership and everything that she said was so on point it was only confirmation and it just really a lot of other people are denouncing their membership as well because they are Christian and the reason being and there's going to be scriptures that I will tag and pull from this is and some of you may already know the scriptures it's an idolization organization and it's hard to say that because I was a part of it and for me to have to repent because I was idolizing something and didn't even realize I was it's really really it's not good and the reason why I say this is because a lot of the like hymns and songs and songs some of those things are not, they're not reverencing God at all. And it's hard to say, but you're pledging yourself and your life to a organization. And you can hear it in the songs. Some of you that might be in one or had ever heard the songs, you're pledging your life to a sorority and a sisterhood. And it's, it's tough because it's like people don't like to feel like they're exposing things. This is the stuff that you're doing it's it's supposed to be secret and it's it's well sacred is would be the word but like god says whatever's done in the dark will come to light and even if it seemed like it was positive at the time because i i learned a lot you know and i was so grateful for the the people that were in my life um a part of the sorority a lot a few people but there's just a lot of things that come 
with that territory. And if you are feeling convicted in your heart and God is telling you to leave something because it is idolization, then you need to do it. And I'd rather me denounce my membership live on social media because God told me to denounce it and to post it on Insta- uh, on Facebook. I have most of my uh, ex-sorority members on there. And it's hard because I know a lot of people are going to question. And there's other people that are part of organizations that go hard for them. Like they are diehard. They're living. They're dying for it. But at the end of the day, for me, it was what God told me to do. And it's not only that, but there's a lot of idolization going on in the church. And um, I've known certain preachers. And um, I went to a church at the time where it was seeming to be that there was a lot of like idolization and worship of one of the pastors. And some two of the pastors. And it was hard for me to press into worship. And it was very hard for me to even look at these people on social media anymore because I'm like, people worship these people. I love them. I'm praying for them. But it's hard for me to see that this is, it's borderline infiltrating our church. And we have to be so careful. God said, you shall not have any graven image before me. Any image, any idol. That's people. That's our parents. That's, that's a pastor. That's an organization. And it's hard, I know, for some people to listen because you might be a part of it and be like, I don't believe, she, I can't believe she's saying this. I'm not going into detail about all the stuff that was within the sorority. You can go and look that up on YouTube yourself because a lot of people are exposing a lot of different things about it. And I'm not saying everything is negative. I didn't say negativity, but it's negative when it comes to God's word because if you're idolizing something and you're pledging your life, the Bible talks about not taking oaths. And your yes being a yes and your no being a no. And if you're sitting there taking an oath, the only vow that you're supposed to be taking is in a marriage. And that's why I'm I'm working on being a woman of my word and not dropping out of stuff and being telling people I'm going to do something and not do it. You know, I've been guilty of that because people have done it to me in my life over and over and over again. It's like, if you're going to say you're going to do something, do it. And I understand where people come from with that. But sometimes it's like we we're doing something and as Christians and we don't even know that we're doing it I mean in this season of our lives it is so imperative and important that we fast and we pray about everything like you gotta fast and pray about a job that you're supposed to take or not take you gotta fast and pray about a decision on a business issue that you're supposed to start in this season or not you gotta fast and pray about whether or not you should go to a church anymore you gotta fast and pray whether or not you should go on a trip like if you want to go to Italy, you need to ask God, is this the time that I need to be going right now? I want to go on a vacation, but if Italy is not where I'm supposed to be going right now because there's something going on and I need to be tending to that here, or there's just something going over there in that particular um, arena or country, then maybe I shouldn't go. Like as a Christian, you do, and it seems super califragilisticexpialidocious, maybe it seems super religious to people, but it is so imperative that we fast and we pray. At the time of me joining the sorority, I was I was really honestly trying to fill a void in my life because I didn't have my sisters when I grew up. And I have older sisters and we're connected now, but like I personally did not I always wanted a little sister. I always wanted a sister. It was me and my brothers growing up, but I didn't have that and I was lonely and I wanted to fulfill that in my life and it's at times I felt like I felt like a sisterhood but then at times it was just like I had other friends too that weren't a part of it that I just felt like we were friends for life and none of them were a part of the sorority so it was just like I feel like my sisterhood of sisters in Christ is a lot stronger than 
an organization could bond women together. And I know people don't like it. And, you know, I have a lot of people that are around me that are that were Greek, you know, and that we acquired together. And it was like a, a connection that we all had. But for me, it is no longer a part of my life. And so I had to literally, God told me to denounce it on social media. And I had to do that. And the reason why is because if you going to put that you're going to be a part of something when you first come out, then you're going to tell everybody that you're going to denounce it. You know, you're bold enough to do it then. Why don't you be bold enough to do it now? And God is like that. He don't, it's not something that's in him. As much as we might think it's about God, a lot of people would do choose their sorority stuff over God. And then they'll be trying to put the whole sorority stuff together with God. And God is like, I'm not a part of this. Stop trying to make me be a part of this. This is not of me. And it's hard to hear. And it was hard. It wasn't really actually that hard because even me being a part of it, I always felt like a, a, a separation when it came to not feeling like I had to be so die hard for it because I'm just like, it's just an organization. It's, you know, what, what it's built on is different principles. This is not even what the outside of what everybody sees and the signs and the, and the, and the colors and the letters, that's not really what it's all about. You know, it's about the platforms or supposed to be. But we turn it into something different. And the fact of the matter that I would have to wear letters when I go into community service says a lot to me. Like, I shouldn't have to showboat that I'm a part of this organization and I'm serving the community because it's about, then you become about you. And it's not about God. It's not about God at all, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I, I did it. I wore the letters. I, you know, because it was a brand, pretty much. You know, but even if I'm a brand and, you know, for instance, I'm, I do hair and my brand is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the fact of the matter that I do here, that's the brand, but it's not my brand. It's God's brand. You see what I mean? It's, I, he just gave me the name to manage it. God is, God is the, the CEO of everything. He's supposed to be. And the stuff in our lives is so, we are just managers of what he gives us. And we're supposed to be good stewards of that. And we're supposed to be kind to people. We're supposed to, if we have employees for the business that he gives us, we're supposed to treat them right the way that he wants to be treated. You know, we're supposed to follow the word. And if there's something that is going against what the word says, even if it's you joining a group or a certain club, it ain't even got to be a sorority or fraternity. It could be just a job that is just negative. Or it could be something that just God is like, no, I don't want you to be a part of that biker's club. That's not, that's not of me. You know, and there's some things that are okay that guys are just like, yeah, you can go and be a part of that. You know, I even, and the sorority wasn't the only thing I had to leave. I had to leave a, a group that I was a, a, mix, a, a dance instructor for. And that was hard because I loved to dance. And God told me to denounce myself from that too. I just had to leave. And it was hard. There was a lot of stuff going on, particularly in the organization. It was just a lot of ups and downs. Well, any, any organization goes through stuff. But if God is telling me that something is not necessarily of him, then I have to leave. And if he's just prepping me that the season is up for something, then leave. I'm not bashing anybody. I'm not even talking bad about the sorority in itself because there's a lot of great women in that thing. But there's there's churches that I've had to leave. Like, let's just put it out there about Christianity. There are certain churches that I've literally got, it was time to go. I had to leave. You see what I mean? For Ebony, I had to leave. God would show me in a dream this, this, that, or the other, or it would just be pressed, impressed on my heart. It's time for you to go. You don't need to be standing around here no more. So I got to go. And that's why fasting and praying and having a personal relationship with God is so important with the Lord because he will, sometimes we just don't want to hear God and stuff, or sometimes we're not getting as close to him as we should be. Because when you start getting closer to him, he will start to reveal things to you. And when you're saying yes to him in all your form and entirety, 
he will say he will speak to you about stuff that you said oh god take anything out of me that i don't, that doesn't need to be there take everything i don't want and i just want you so if you say that and you sing that you're singing something to god and your words are going to him and so when you say that god is going to say okay let me strip you of this like god didn't tell me to leave a sorority when i was in college i kind of was not a part of it when i left because i wasn't you know I was just trying to focus on finishing school and I didn't have, you know, the resources to continue right then and there anyway, even though I had considered it. But he waited until like it's um 10 years, almost 11 years later when I, you know, when I first joined to tell me after I'd been singing that song by Travis Green for forever to, I just want you, well, if you just want me, Ebony, I'm stripping you. He told me this season, I'm stripping you of yourself. So anything, even about the brand, even my Instagram page for my hair page has totally changed because it's, some of that wasn't about him. It was about me posting and the makeup and all of that. Some of this even becomes vanity and I, I can't even idolize myself. God would tell me like, you love you, buddy, you love me. And I'm like, whoa, let's retract the brand. Let's retract my life. Let's retract my mind. God, you are everything to me. I would not be here without you. You know, sometimes it just takes us taking a moment away from social media because it is so your spirit is taking in everything on that thing you go you watch everybody's different page you follow all these different people i don't even follow celebrities really on there i've unfollowed a lot of them because i just want my mind to be clear and i'm like okay god what do you want me to post today what encouraging uh message you want me to post today you know it's just it's got to be about god you know and it, it, we have to constantly check ourselves. I know we're we're human. We're flesh. We're gonna think things that we're not supposed to think. That's why we have to cast down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we have to learn the word. Like if I know uh, all these songs to who's out today, like that's why I'm glad that I don't really know the now, right now music. You know, I'm taking it back to old school songs and gospels because I. I don't really know today's music, which I don't really care to know. It's the more popular pop culture type of stuff. But I just, I just, I don't, I, I, I know what God is asking of me in this season. And it's a very clear yes that I gave him. So he's going to try to strip me. He's going to not try. He's going to strip me of the stuff that's just there to kind of take up space, you know. And it's hard some days. It's hard sometimes. But at the end of the day, if I said yes to God, then that's all that matters. Like, nobody can tell me anything different. Even if you don't like the fact that I left a sorority and you're a part of it, and you were like, you weren't a part of it in the first place. You're lying, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. It's like, I don't have to lie about anything. It's like, I know what I did back in the day, and it wasn't of God, but God approved of it. And there were some things that God even showed me there at the time that I was, I was still blessed in the midst of me choosing a wrong, uh, something that he didn't necessarily approve of, you know what I mean, God will give you grace, even though sometimes you're ignorant and you don't know things, you know, and this is no bash on anybody that's a part of it, I love all the women that were a part of it, but I mean, at the same time, I have to choose God even over people that I feel like are so close to me, if I could leave my family in Seattle, Washington, which was hard for me, and God told me to leave, I could definitely leave a sorority where I'm not even blood, you know what I mean, like, it's, it's nothing for me to just say yes, God. It was hard to post that on Instagram. It took me a day. I mean, not Instagram, but Facebook. Because I knew that people that are really diehard for it were going to see it. But it didn't matter because it it's my own personal conviction. But I know that at the end of the day, 
not everybody's gonna leave they'll respect what I do my decision but at the end of the day it's what God told me to do and it's just something to shed light on idols we should not idol anything any engraven image we're putting this thing before God and we wonder why we have this conflicted view about a lot of things we wonder why we're trying to press in and get closer to God but we still want the ways of the world and for me the sorority for ebony was the way of the world and I can't be hot I can't be lukewarm with God like he's got to strip me of everything that is taking a place in my heart even if it's a seed that's planted there and I don't know because sometimes you didn't know I didn't realize that that was an idol in my life He's like, you pledged to this. You took an oath to this. You need to repent of that. And God's, because it goes against God's word. And some people might not think about that. How? How? We got scriptures in there. We got, I was like, you got to do your own research. I know what God showed me. It was only confirmation that I know I was supposed to leave. And I don't need to idolize anybody or anything. Like, we got to stop idolizing people as well. Our parents, our children, Man, you know, I idolized a guy that I thought was going to be my husband. Was he? Did I get married to him? No. I actually was, like, obsessed with the whole situation. After, like, seeing God show me in a dreams, men and multiple dreams of us getting married. But you can start to create this, this fantasy in your mind, and you can just literally let it take over and God not even be in the midst of it anymore. He's like, this is not even my situation. You have taken your this in your own hands in your mind. I'm not going to even give you that because you're going to just totally forget about me. And I, you know, when God blesses you with something, he still wants you to honor him in that. You know, husbands and wives are not supposed to be idolized, you know, or neither are babies. You know, I know God. He is a God that literally will strip you of something that is your, is your idol. Like, I know a situation where God has allowed for people to pass away because they were an idol to people. Like, it's happened, you know. And when you love that person more than you love God, it will show God like oh you love this person more than you love me I gotta take that from you I've gotta take her from you I've gotta take him from you 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 know like at the end of the day remember we are all God's children so your mother is God's your baby is God's you remember Hannah she prayed for Samuel right she was barren God heard her prayer but what did Hannah do that I believe she honored God she gave her son back to him why because she knew that wasn't her child it's her, her responsibility for him to raise him. And no, I don't believe anybody loves like a mother. Like there is just some kind of love coming from a mom. I don't know what it is, but moms love beyond. I'm not saying a daddy don't love. He loved too. But there's something about a mother's love. I just, and for her to have to just say, you know, God, I give you back my son, you know. Because she knew that that child was going to be used by God. And that was his child. But she's just a conduit of the blessing to steward it. And that's how we have to see life. Like life on earth is a temporary assignment. For those of us that ever read the 40 Days of Purpose by Rick Warren. I remember that line in that, that book. Life on earth is a temporary assignment. And store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not on earth. You know, like... We're not even supposed to store up treasures in people on in on earth. You know, we're supposed to treasure people. I believe there are value. We're supposed to value people, but and cherish them because we're not. We're only here for a little bit. But I feel like idols are so they're so dominant now. Even with social media, we're idolizing this idea of becoming the next influencer. Idolizing trying to be on YouTube. Idolizing, idolizing. Like it's just we have become ourselves idols. You know, American idols. Like, idol 
it's Jesus. And Jesus is going to be like, well, I don't really want to be your idol. It's all about God. But, you know, I do want to be at the forefront of your life, you know. So it's like, that's just really my urge to us. We got to stop idolizing things. I was guilty of it. You know, I just told my story and it was transparent with you about idolization. And, you know, marriage is a love relationship. But I know we know everything is not perfect. Even when God blesses us with stuff, it's going to take work. A ministry could be an idol. Your job, you running after, chasing after a job or chasing paper. I mean, I know I have had it, but I've had to repent of that because I'm like, God, I want you to bless me when you see fit. If I'm supposed to work on this, this, that, and the other, helping you keep putting you first in this whole situation because I do not want to idolize this job. I do not want to idolize running after, chasing after money. I don't want to idolize products. I don't want to idolize books. Anything you give me, it's all supposed to be put back onto the altar. You know, I will burn whatever it takes to burn for you, to sacrifice it back to you because this is yours. Abraham, he had to sacrifice his son, you know, and that heart posture please God because he was like okay you don't love this child more than you love me even though this was a promise that I gave you God God loves us and he is so adamant we we want to say God is all these great things he is but he is a jealous God he gets jealous when we put other things before him he has a right though he made us and we he, he loves us so individually that he doesn't want any of us to put anything before him. That's actually beautiful. Like, you got somebody that loves you that much that he's like, I get jealous of you. I get jealous for you. He is jealous for me. I mean, he is. He's jealous that he doesn't want, he wants to bless us with everything that our heart desires. I believe that that's good for us and within limitation, but he doesn't want us to love those things more than him because he loves us so much I could just cry thinking about that you know what I mean and if it means that I have to negate those things that were idols in my life I'll do it because there's some a being that loves me more than anything and he loves you more than anything he loves your babies more than anything you think you're a mom and you love your daughter more than God no God loves your daughter like five million times more than that and I think we have to start getting that in our minds and I I'm being more conscious of it because God will check you thank God for the Holy Spirit when you're idolizing something or you're starting to borderline spend a little bit too much time with that or for that or doing that and you're not keeping and putting him first and I think it's so imperative in this season where we're in 2019 like we should all know the word a little bit more you know and I'm I'm, I'm now testing myself on on bible things online and I'm starting to see how much I don't know you know I'm like dang I need to revisit the old testament in this way I need to revisit just the basic things sometimes it's good to even just go back and read the Lord's prayer I mean I know it but I just love to read it and God is like I want to get Bible on audio I thank God for you version there's so many different I go to biblegateway.com I do Bible study tools right now I'm on I think it's King James um, org or something like that where I'm doing the tests I'm testing myself on a lot of the different Bible things I'm trying to find very creative ways to study the word because sometimes I get bored with just reading it and I don't want to do it and I know I'm not the only one so I have to find creative ways sometimes I go back and watch old animations like anything to get the word in me that's just the creative side of Ebony I have to get it in for different different ways and it just it penetrates my soul and I need it and um, I want what comes out of my mouth 
regurgitating the Bible or the Word because it's easy for you and it's so more, I think, there's something about when you read something and you're able to regurgitate it back, right? We go, so those of us that have been in college, it's, it's easy to just read something and be able to write a paper based off of what you read because you're, you're downloading it in your mind when you read it. Now, okay, I got to write this, I got to analyze this, I got to pick this, 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 this. It's the same way with the Bible. It's easy. I feel like you even have more fluid prayers when you read the Bible. You have, you know what you're praying because you know the word. And so you can pray the word and then you, you, God, through his Holy Spirit, he's guiding you into all truths when you're praying. So you're even able to prophesy and pray at the same time. It's like, because you got that word in you. You listen to, like, just in, just in case you listen to music that has curse words in it, right? It's the total opposite. You listen to all this cussing music, what are you going to do? Nine times out of ten, you're going to start cursing. If you already don't have that cussing spirit on you, because <laughs> it's a spirit, right? Then you're going to be cursing if you're listening to music. That's why I have to guard my heart. You might be thinking nasty thoughts if you listen to R&B and nasty music, right? Songs that are talking about immorality, sexual, or whatever. You're Nine times out of ten, you're going to be thinking certain thoughts. It's whatever goes into your negates is going to come out. Out of, the, out of the heart, right? We know that scripture. That we have to guard it because things go in it and then it will come out. And then God be like, check your mouth. You know, you're you're listening and you're saying things to, that are not good with my word. And so it's just like, that's not what God wants for us. And he doesn't want that for me. He doesn't want that for you. So this is just a post um, podcast to really just help us to search our hearts about the idols in our lives. And making sure that we're not idolizing anything outside of God. Um, I feel like God is not even really supposed to be in our, our idol. He is supposed to be just our God. And we live for him and that's the point of us being on earth we're supposed to carry out our purpose just like jesus did in the way in which god put it in our hearts according to jeremiah you know he had the plan for you he had a plan for me and that's what we're supposed to do and be right so i'm just gonna pray for us and i'm gonna leave it there all right so dear heavenly father i thank you for this day i thank you for waking us up this morning and giving us grace for this day and this week and this month um to come I just ask God, dear Lord, that you would ask, uh, you would help us, God, to not put idols before you. I repent of my sins of putting idols before you, God, in the midst of all the things that I had going on. Sometimes we idolize things because we have things going on in our hearts that need to be healed or solved and resolved, and we're holding on to those things because they're just um, they're they're comfort for us, like a bear or something that we need as like children. But God, you're saying to let go of those things and give me your all and, and let me be your everything. And I thank God that we are going to continue to let that be. Um, God, I thank you for breaking everything from us that don't doesn't look like you, that is of this world, meaning things that are not con- conducive with the word of truth. I just break this slave mentality also, God, off of your people, of those who claim Christianity but are still living a double life. I just pray, dear Lord, that you would start to overshadow on our hearts the things that are right and the things that are wrong. God, I pray, dear Lord, that idols will not become a part of us, Lord God, but we want to we can begin to reverence you and worship you more than anything and more than anyone in our lives and anything else, God, that we won't put our jobs before you, our love before you, um, our, our love as in our, our, our spouse or our, our boyfriends or man or woman or whatever, God, but we will put you before all of these things, our money, our time, that we will time manage even with you. And we won't just try to fit you in when it's convenient, but we will actually lovingly spend time with our maker. We thank you.
you, dear Lord, for revealing to us the truth about our hearts and what we idolize and covering over those things and helping us to put you first in all that we do. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Be blessed today and this night.
getting out of the boat like Peter did. Uh, Patricia, get out the boat and try something different. I'm not saying just go and mess around with people. I'm just saying like as far as if you date, um, you know, I don't really necessarily believe in dating a whole bunch of people. But I mean, if you're on that dating scene, you know, on Bumble or whatever, you know, there might be a Grayson that may, and Liam, you know, that's checking for you. But you, you too busy trying to look for somebody that looks like Bobby. Okay, so maybe you need to step out, step out the boat, Patricia. Okay, just just take that as a little mental note. But you know, I, I looked on this website, you know, back to what I was saying, and at times it, it does seem like, okay, you know, okay, he's married to a, a lighter skinned woman, you know, I was just kind of testing to see what, you know, who was married to who, you know, but then I looked at Snoop, you know, okay, it's like, okay, he's married to Shantae, but with Shantae for a minute, she's chocolate since the love it, you know, and then I looked at, um, you know, of course, you know, we can, I can include like actors too, so, you know, Denzel's married to Pauletta, and just FYI, I just wanted to make this disclaimer, I don't know if y'all noticed, but Robert De Niro, uh-huh, he's married to a sister, or he was, I don't know if he, him and his wife are still married, but he was married to a sister, just wanted to say that, just if y'all was just concerned, or I don't know, I just wanted to put that out there, because I know a lot of people are just worried about the black and white, black men married to lighter skin, or white women, or whatever, but uh, there's a lot of men that are out there that are married to women of, um, you know, African-American descent, you know, which I think is beautiful, I mean, Mexicans are cute too, you know, but anyway, so as I was testing this I was kind of going through, and I was saying, okay, he's married to a, a lighter-skinned lady, she's mixed, or whatever, the case may be, voting well, you know, and so, like, people like Ludacris, okay, he's married, I mean, this is just a theory of, like, celebrities, this is not everybody, this is not all men, not all black men in America, it's just what I was testing, my little theory, okay, that's it, and like, okay, Ludacris, and recently Chance the Rapper got married, and his wife is, I don't know what she is, but she's beautiful, she's a lighter tone, you know, but Chance is kind of, he's not light to me, but he's kind of like a fair brown, you know, I don't want to say paper bag, because that equates people, probably putting people's mind the paper bag test or whatever, but Chance is a little, he's not fair skinned, but he's not super dark either, I'll put him in, you know, he's not my color, I guess, he's a little bit lighter, but I don't know, so, but his wife looks like Mixer, Mix, you know, a different fine, finer hair, you know, whatever beautiful couple doesn't matter just but I was I was just looking at it and I thought about it today I was like you know it does seem like you know some men you know go for a woman that is of a different sin and of course a lot of people were raving and getting upset about Tank's wife you know the, the singer Tank uh, he married to uh, she's biracial so she's black and white um married um you know, she was on, the issue wasn't that he married a woman that was mixed or whatever. I guess when she was on Black Bride, a lot of people had concerns because they didn't think she was black. But she is black because she's she's biracial, so she has black in her and she has white in her. But people were getting upset because she wasn't full black. And I just I just think that theory is horrible. I think if you're not educated and you haven't seen enough of the world, you, you think like that, you have a very small mind. That's just me. A pea brain. How about that? So... <laughs> people say stuff like that I'm like oh my god you have not lived you know and I grew up in Seattle Washington around all kind of cultures mixed you, all you see is black and white together and it's beautiful and I moved to Oregon and that's what you see there too especially in the places where racism is prevalent Oregon is probably one of the racist states too you know what I mean it's not a little it's not super racist but there's a lot of institutionalized racism there and there's Nazis that you know were there and are there at times and you know it's just like to see you got to think of it like this to see people of different colors coming together is a beautiful thing when people in this country are not looking for that right now when people want to be so divided I mean I would love to see more cultures coming together because that's love and that's what God has ordained it's love now if you're somebody that's so mad about it you know I I just I get upset about this kind of stuff and what really made me mad was that when people were going off on Tank's wife about she's not 
black. I didn't know who she was. Blah, 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 blah. Was she black? Okay, yeah. You look at the thing, you're like, black, right? And you're like, okay. It, it was, it was, it's, it's surprising. But when they said she's biracial, I'm like, oh, okay. You know? I don't think they would have put her on there if she wasn't, you know, if she didn't have black in her. And, you know, I think, I think if it was like Halle Berry, if she was Halle Berry's color, because Halle Berry is mixed too, you know, it would have not been a problem. You know what I mean? Because, hey, she's considered black because she looks black. So we're going to pass her as black, but they got the same blood running through them. Half black, half white. So it's just like we pick and choose sometimes as women of color. And I'm not saying we as in I'm a part of that whole think thought process thought pattern but I'm just saying as we because I'm included as a woman of color but I just think it's interesting they'll pick and choose and I it was so funny because I, I saw the comment under the black bride thing when some guy was like okay some of y'all are just ridiculous because when it's a set case like this on black bride you tripping but when it was Meghan Markle married to Harry amen and she's biracial you tend to not have a problem with that because oh she married he married a black woman she now black in the uh in the wales what's going with that in 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 britain you know she she's killing the game right now she black she black mixed girl yeah first black whatever in in that particular court you know what i mean and people were happy about it. i was like man you got a point here people are going off in it man you pick and choose situations and i think if you're gonna pick something be consistent with it don't go back and forth and be you know be upset about something you know, I think really what it is boils down to, let me just be 100%. Are you ready for me to get real with you here on The Voice of Reason? Yeah, here we go. Podcast, Kingdom Trends, right here. I think there's a lot of bitter black women that are upset that men are not choosing them. So they think. There are a lot of men out there that want women. There are a lot of men that are looking for wives. There are a lot of women, men that are looking for, they want a woman that's going to bear their children, that's going to cook their dinner, soul food, vegan food, Asian food, rice, beans, they don't care. They want somebody that's going to satisfy their needs and build, build, build something with. A Proverbs 31 woman. And here you are mad and bitter because some man is not choosing you. Is it the other woman's fault that he's not choosing you and you get mad at her? No. Like, that's not her fault. I would say, just like if I were, honey, get over it. Like, I mean, seriously, you're upset at what and for what? For what? Like, there's no reason for you to get mad. Yeah, these are things that maybe we can talk about and address as a culture, but if, what if a man never chooses you? Are you going to, does every black man have to be with a black woman? Is that your thought process? Because I, I don't think like that. I'm like, why would I get mad that he's not choosing me? It's like, there's somebody out there for me. Honey, there's a whole bunch of men out here. Not all black men are incarcerated. Maybe there are a lot of them that are, but there are a lot of black men that are good black men that are out there that want to marry somebody that's for them. Maybe have you ever thought about maybe the man's not choosing you because of the attitude that you have about and all men are all black men are choosing a man and that doesn't look like me? Like some of them don't want to hear that. They're just like, oh, you're that way? I don't, I just want to be with the woman that wants to be with me, that loves me for who I am and not bringing up these, these issues so much. It's like, what if a man, you have to start thinking about it in a hindsight of it's a general statement. What if a man of color just never chooses me? Will I still be bitter? Will I be mad? Will I be upset? Or am I going to just move on with my life and start dating outside of my own race? It's not like we're trying to compete, but it's just like, well, maybe you just need to look outside your box. You know, there's a lot of Indian men out, out there that might love to date a black woman, but you're not even 
taking a shot. You're so caught up on this idea that black men don't want me because of this, this, that, the other, that you're maybe you're even struggling with rejection. Girl, you need to heal from that. Move on. Let freedom reign in your heart, honey. Freedom reigns in this place. Let freedom ring. Yes, let it be ringing and do what Dr. King did and come together. Unify. There are a lot of men out there that love and want to love. And there's, you know, I'll even put it to this. Like, some guys out there that might be Caucasian. Hey, how you doing, Caucasian? Sweet equation if you listen to this. What's up? That because of what's going on in our country, they do probably don't want to feel like they are divided and they probably want to come together with somebody that doesn't look like them because it's so it's so it's so much going on you know what I mean you never thought about it on that end and yes sometimes it's probably a level of fear I don't know if I can ever date a white guy I don't know you know I've heard stories like that it's just like girl you don't knock it until you try it and maybe Steve or Stan is not your type of man but sometimes I think women of color and I'm just being totally honest will settle for a black man that does not treat them the way that they need to be treated instead of going with a man of a different race could be a white guy could be an asian guy or whatever that will love them and take care of them i remember me and a friend of my roommate were watching steve harvey show and the guy that he set up with a date i already knew the girl that he was gonna pick because i was like she fly he better pick her it was three women that they chose for for him the staff did the staff women chose for his 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 staff guy ryan you gotta look it up ryan was a cutie i don't know if he was filipino he was some type of asian heck of a good guy smart he worked for the steve harvey show just really cute i'm like he is cute even my roommate who was older was like yeah he is nice looking he was a very nice looking guy and the girl he chose i was like you need to choose her she is so pretty she just looks like she got it together everybody else just seems uh because compared to her like beautiful like cute little couple i was like oh my god they totally need to get married like cold setup they were cute like i was like they're already they're already looking like they're about to you know they they need to just get 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 hit get hitched you know what i mean i'm just like what is wrong with that it's beautiful and she was she was hispanic and he was uh asian i think i was like oh my god they were like some cute little babies she was so cute but i'm just saying it was just beautiful to see him like a good guy you know they set up just a couple women you know for him or whatever three that they had to choose one from and i'm like he needs to choose her that's the blood you know i'm trying to play matchmaker and stuff but you know it's just like just to see that and just to see like man why don't we just start stepping out of our comfort zone i think right now in our country is making things even more awkward for people and uncomfortable because of the way people are acting and reacting to all the racism and all that stuff but i'm just like honey negate all that and be like i'm not gonna think about that i'm gonna go on a date with somebody that doesn't look like me i'm just gonna test the waters just see what it's like why don't we just go to dave and busters and play a game why don't we just go to my and sit down and have a talk why don't we just go hey with a group you know on one of the meetups and just see what's up like you know what i mean why don't you go to the skater biker club see what's popping you know who might be there what's up with steven hey steve what's up grayson hey liam hey connor <laughs> no i'm just saying like you know i think it's it's, it's it's a matter of opening up your eyes and opening up your heart open up your perspective start traveling starting to see the world for what it really is instead of living in your box in america it's just something I wanted to address, and I don't even know if I fully even addressed it. I just think we need to just kind of get over this idea as African-American women, and this is mostly our address, my address to you as my sisters. This is like, you know, you maybe you should step outside of your box. Let's stop getting upset at the men. And I mean, granted, a man's going to choose what he finds beautiful, what he, who he finds worthy of being in his corner, who he can trust, and all of that. Like, are you that woman is what I'm going to ask. Because if I were him, 
feel that too. And maybe it is a type of perspective that they might have, you know, about women of color. I don't know. I'm not in a man's mind and I'm not in a black man's mind who chooses a woman that's different. And maybe it's just his matter of preference. Maybe he's dated a lot of black girls and he just ended up falling in love or falling in like with a woman that didn't look like him because he wanted mixed children. You can choose who you want to be with, right? You can. You can choose. You can make that matter of choice. Maybe I want to be with a man who is mixed descent because I want my children to learn a different language or I want them to have a little bit curlier hair because I don't want it to take all that time to do my hair and their hair too if I have little girls. Amen? Ain't nothing wrong with a little light skin baby and some curly hair. And ain't nothing wrong with a chocolate baby and some kinky hair. All beautiful children of God. Okay? We all are. You know, but I just think it's something that we need to start looking at as a different perspective as women of color and men, men of color too. It's just like, well, just because you marry someone that's lighter skin doesn't necessarily make her better than a woman of color, but at the same time as a woman of color, you shouldn't feel bad even if he did do that you know what I mean that's his that's his bad and that's the way he thinks in his process that he needs to change and I shouldn't go out and try to marry somebody that looks different because I would I think that that person's better because a lot of times I think people have that kind of perspective they don't say that but lighter is not better darker is not better we all are equal playing field I think it's just a matter of preference honestly it's like and if a man wants to choose a woman that's lighter you know and sometimes it seems like a more of an American black American culture because if you go to different countries and different regions and stuff some men marry women that are darker than me I'm sure of it's because that's who they fall in love with and that's who they fall in well they grow to love I guess to say fall in love with everything some people say that some people believe that whatever but you know I just think we need to start challenging ourselves to really think outside the box because I'm just kind of getting tired of seeing the same kind of comments. Because I think it's 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 old. It's getting old and it's regurgitated information that a lot of women of color are. And it's just starting to show up like, dang, she just seems like she's just bitter. Like, nobody likes her. Nobody wants her. She's so rejected. She's just dealing with the spirit of rejection because whoever, her daddy didn't want her. Her, her, her their ex-boyfriend cheated on her, ex-husband. You know, it just seems like women are growing bitter, more bitter and bitter. And it's just like let's be better let's do something different the things you it's, it's insanity when you don't do anything different you keep doing the same thing right you keep dating the same guy that keeps treating you the same way you keep dating the same type of guy that's gonna feel nothing in your life why don't you stop being insane and date something different how about that <laughs> yeah insane in the membrane because you're doing the same thing or wanting the same thing and your mindset is not changing we need to uplift ourselves and change up you know choose up that's what they used to say back in the day right well he chose up on so and so well you choose up why don't you ask god who's the guy that you have for me lord is he black is he white it doesn't matter who is he who's gonna treat me right and you'll be surprised a lot of y'all's eyes and your minds are closed and you won't allow for god to send you who he might have for you that does not look like you but you're too busy worried about if he's gonna be black or white what does the bible say there's neither greek nor jew right talked about that in the scriptures i'll have to tag uh, later what, what scriptures i back up but to god i don't think that matters i really honestly it doesn't matter it matters to us because this system has been created based off of race you know jesus i don't think he talked much about him being a jew if you go study matthew 1 it talks about his genealogy yes that's you know it talks about where he came from but god for whatever reason he wanted he wanted jesus to be jewish i don't even 
yourself, you get to choose. But it's just like, are you just choosing it based on race? Because then if you haven't been married or you haven't found anybody in the last 12, 15 years, nine times out of 10, if you're still looking and thinking like that, then you probably won't because you're always going to be single. And because God could be like, she's being stubborn because she just wants this black man who I don't have for her. And she keeps picking up these bozos. And, you know, I have this guy over here who's a reigning champion, such and such and such and such. He's a financial advisor and he has a lot of money in stock. He has blessings. You know, God, you know, we're the favor, but I think we need to make sure we choosing the right man of valor to be that favor for. You see what I mean? I just wanted to say that. And maybe this is not a podcast for the faint of heart, but honestly, I'm tired of hearing it and reading the comments on Instagram. And I just, I had to guard my heart from it because I'm like, I don't, I don't want to think like that. That ain't how God made me and that's not who I am. Multicultural is beautiful. Let's just say that. If you're a man out there and you married somebody that's a different white race and she's a lovely woman, you don't have to be a black man. I'm just saying in general, that's beautiful. And I thank God for you. I pray that you have a long, prosperous marriage and that your beautiful children go out in the world and learn how to love based on not just what someone looks at, but based off of the character and the heart. You know, looks do matter. I'm not going to act like, oh, well, it doesn't matter what they look like. Yeah, looks matter. As long as that person's attractive, you know, treat you right in the person of integrity and great character. Hey, kudos to you. And if that person is not, uh-uh, thumbs down. That's not what God has for you. Don't walk, well, don't walk through that door. Just don't. Just close it, shut it, turn it off, leave it alone. Don't even. But I thank God for the next generation that they're not going to think like me. Nothing wrong with being happy about where you come from and your heritage and celebrating that. I think we just need to start celebrating all cultures and and, and, and and really be more prone to being open to what God might have for us. Because you could be missing something so wonderful and beautiful because you're just so focused on race. And that's pretty much all I wanted to say about that tonight. So everyone have a lovely evening. You be blessed and be prosperous and love on somebody today. That doesn't look like you. <laughs> Bye-bye. This segment is based off of idols. This is segment two on idol worship. So God has been um, speaking to my heart about this. And I think it's just very important where we are in this time. Because there's a lot of it going on. And I just wanted his lips to speak through me. um, Because I had nothing laid out. He just put an image in my mind earlier about who I was to mention and talk about in this uh, regard but other things started to come as I as I um, kept going you have to excuse me this is kind of just on a whim so take heed Um, so the first thing I'm going to do that I feel like God is leading me to do is to read the dictionary of what an idol is okay so an idol is an image or representation of a god used as an object of worship and the second one is says a person or thing that is greatly admired loved or revered okay you have that right so then i also looked up the idol scriptures and i like to use bible study tools because it's a really good one and i wanted to connect the two so based on Exodus 20, verse 3 through 6, I'm going to start in verse verse 4. It says, You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath 
or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. So this uh, particular segment came back up because um, I was just in my car earlier today and just thinking and then God dropped Colin Kaepernick in my spirit. And so um, I just knew as soon as he dropped in my heart, God wanted me to do a a segment again about um, worship and idols and um, I believe God was showing me how people are making him that image you know I, I drive around sometimes and I'll see like little paintings of him and murals of him and graffiti of him on the walls and all of these things and it's just like wow they're really um, creating an image out of this man and he's become a lot of people's idol or hero because he took a stance on something you know and now it's become this big deal and it's I think it's really just disturbing to God you know another person God I put on my heart that people are creating an idol out of is Michelle Obama um currently as she is you know really doing this new book tour you know and she just wrote her book and everybody is just like well that's my flotus and you know Obama is my my potus still you know they are the people but they are not God they can't do you like God. They can't give you things like God. They are people that God placed on this earth to do a purpose. And they are not the image that you should be looking to, to save you, to reinvent the culture, reinvent the will for anything. Yes, sometimes people do do great things. I'm not opposed to that. And I'm not saying that people have not made changes in history. However, we can't be making these people idols. You know, people make Dr. Martin Luther King an idol. He did this. He did that. It's like Dr. Martin Luther King, yes, though he's reverence, he has his own day. You know, we even have a king, you know, a county named after him in Seattle, Washington. But these people are not our gods. Same with Beyonce. Any of these artists, like, people will go to heck and heart water for all of these people but won't give two seconds about God, won't put in all the time and the effort to read the Bible. And these are Christian people that are, are so diehard for these people too. People will idolize a culture, a race, you know, and, and not think twice about it. And I'm like, you choose one over the other and God is not, he's not pleased with that. You know, and it's just, I just, I just, it, I can't say that I haven't idolized. I'm not going to try to act like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, I don't do that. I haven't done that. Yeah, of course I've idolized people in my life or things or put people on pedestals thinking that they weren't ever going to do this, that, or the other. And then when they disappoint me, I'm just like, oh, this is how you know when people have an issue with idolization. When you idolize somebody and you just think that they can do no wrong. And they finally do something that just turns the world, their own world around and they do something and they make a mistake or they go to jail or they do something just, you know, just like with Michael Jackson, for instance, like nobody knew all this extra stuff was coming out about this man and people idolized him. And as soon as he did wrong, 
idolize the things that he did oh his gift it's like someone told me a lot of times we put people's gift over their character god looks at the heart right so here we are honoring and praising and worshiping this person in their gift for all that they've given us in their music or whatever the case may be but they could be doing the most shadiest craziest stuff behind secret doors and we don't know a thing about it and then when it finally comes out you don't know what to think you're indifferent because you thought this person whose image is put in front of us that image of idol right could never do any wrong well we all know even people in the bible made mistakes there were great kings and great men made mistakes had to suffer the consequences because of those mistakes but still loved god you know but these are people that we've idolized that a lot of these people don't know anything about god or are not really following god's ways but and still we put idols we make them idols and i think god is just not he ain't for that you know it's not even i think i know he's not based off the scriptures right he's a jealous god i just wanted to read um galatians 3 verse 28 it talks about there is neither jew nor gentile neither slave nor free nor is there male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I was saying that as a representation and follow up with not only the last um, podcast that I mentioned about, you know, sometimes people put their race over other races or whatever, you know, like black, white. And, and, you know, people are just very prideful about where they come from in their race, but God is telling us about who we are and um we people can idolize their race like black power black this black that and it's just like oh my gosh if we only read the bible if we only understood god's notion and his theory about stuff he's not on one team you know team black team white team asian team this he's like he i made all 'all. (laughs) y'all y'all supposed to be one in me you know so i just I really don't really know what else to say about it outside what is already written you know it is written you know it's already prescribed for us we have our prescription in the bible and the word and that's exactly what god is saying he doesn't want any more idols like having an idol is is a sin and it's clear because it tells us in these ten commandments that they are commandments and when you don't follow commandments or you don't follow commands you're breaking rules right like so it's like it's no different from anything any other sin i think we put one or the other over the other well a little lying as bad as me you know stealing or you know blah 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 blah. it's not as good as is is not as bad as this or this sin is not as bad as this one like it's all sin to god if you know it's wrong and you still do it it's a sin you know and idolization has become a big a big more more i feel like a bigger sin that's been just going and it's even subtle sometimes and it's just like god is not he's not okay with it and I think we really need to check ourselves and wonder, well, dang, do I have any idols in my life? Are my friends my idol? Do I choose them over God? Do I go and run and tell them stuff over going and pray about it? I've done that. You're making those people idols in your life because you're trusting their judgment, their prayers, and everything that they they might be able to give to you that you think they can give to you over exactly what, what God can actually do for you. And I think sometimes we're just so used to seeing people and being around people 
you know, like someone said today, it's like, sometimes it's, you know, we, we have some, some issues trusting and, um, sometimes we don't trust people around us, whether it be women not trusting women or men not trusting men. So it makes it a little bit harder to trust somebody that you can't see, you know, which is him. But at the same time, it's like, that's where faith comes in. And I think that it's important for us to really realize that idolization is, is really plaguing our country. You know, are you idolizing your children? You know, do you want this, this, that, or the other for them? And you want them to be something that you don't want them to be. You want them to be, excuse me, as opposed to what maybe God wants them to do. You know, if your child chooses a path that you don't really necessarily like, are you going to be okay with that? You know, them saying they want to follow what God put in their heart to do and that, and you know, that be what they want to do. And are you going to be okay with that? Or are you going to cringe? Like, this is not good. You won't get a, you won't make a living out of that. Blah, 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 blah. Like, who are you to say what they're going to (laughs) do? I think it's time for us to really just take all start taking a look at ourselves. We're in 2019. So much is changing. Life is transitioning. Things are moving fast. God is moving fast. And time is something that we don't have a lot of. (laughs) Let me just say. So I know I don't want to have any agreement in images before me. Like God is the image. And you know, he's a God. He is God. And I think we got to start referencing him more. I don't really even have much to say more about it, but I think this is the time that we need to start looking at um, how idolatry is just affecting our our life, our youth, our churches, you know? It's like God has even been showing me stuff about churches where it's like idolatry, you know? The pastors and... You know, God is, he's wanting to be all, he wants to be all, you know, um, there's some Bible references and scriptures I'll leave with you if you want to look up idols, um, let's see, the one that I read was, um, Exodus 20, verse 3 through 6, um, and also Isaiah 44, 9 through 20, it's fairly long. That one I would probably cut short. Um, but it's always good to read everything. You know, in the Bible, you shouldn't just pick apart certain things. You got to read the whole chapter in context, what I've learned. But it's just super long. Um, um, another one is Psalm 135, verse 15 through 18. Um, also Galatians 5, verse 19 through 21. Revelation 9, verse 20. Galatians 4, verse 8. Psalm 16, verse 4. Leviticus 19, verse 4. Judges 10, verse 14. Jonah 2, verse 8. Isaiah 45, verse 20. Colossians 3, verse 5. 1 John 5, verse 21. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 7. And that's the last one. I just wanted to read this one because I think it's very, very clear. Some of these are just straight up and straightforward. 
Jonah 2 verse 8 says, Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. (laughs) Cold, right? Um, There's another one. 1 John 5 verse 21 says, Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. If that ain't clear, (laughs) 1 Corinthians 10 verse 14 says, Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. You know, it's just, it's very clear. (laughs) It's very, very clear what God says about that. He just doesn't want any idols. And I don't know why he wanted me to touch on this even more so. But I know I'm not the only one that's been touching on it. Um, But it's just something important. And I think we just got to remember what God says about it. Leviticus 19 verse 4. Do not turn to idols or make metal gods for yourselves. I am the Lord your God. So yeah, it's a good thing. So I'm just going to pray and pray that you look those things up and that you take heed to it as I will too, because sometimes we can think we're in a certain place and God is dealing with us and those things too, as God is also dealing with me with adultery. So we are a family here, so we all sharpen each other, you know, to be better and hold each other accountable, right? Right. Um... Before I pray, I'm going to read what the Bible's uh, definition comes from um, on idolatry. I'm reading this from Bible study tools. I read read the dictionary and then in the beginning I gave you the scripture for it. But I'm actually going to read this. Um, Dictionaries coming from Easton's Bible Dictionary on idolatry. And it says, idolatry is image worship or divine honor paid to any created object, which we know who created the object, right? Okay, just so we're clear. Paul describes the origin of idolatry in Romans 1, verse 21 through 25. Is another scripture for you. Men forsook God and sank into ignorance and moral corruption. Verse um, 1, verse 28. The forms of idolatry are fetishism or the worship of trees, rivers, hills, stones, etc. Nature worship, the worship of the sun, the moon, the stars, as the supposed powers of nature, which I would also include in that astrology. So you guys are um, listening in. Maybe some of you guys are new to listening in, but um, all of the things that have to do with uh, the astronomy and um, zodiac signs is where I was getting at. Thank God for a reminder. (laughs) Um, people worship that stuff. Well, what's your sign? I had this girl in the store tell me, ask me, what's your sign? What sign are you? And I was just like, I don't believe in that. It's like, I was just born in this, the time that I was born in. You know, it's just like people idolize that. They they study the, the, the movements of people. They study all of this stuff. And people worship the ancestors. They make the ancestors idols. And I'm like, these people are dead and gone. Yes, maybe they might have done some things and made made some new changes, but I think people idolize the past. <laughs> like looking at it in like that that way, like that's not what God wants us to do. We move forward. Let's let's move on. Even what Dr. Martin Luther King did, yeah, we thanked him for all the things that he's done, but he's he's been gone now. God is doing a new thing. Dr. King came, he completed his purpose. Now we gotta do beyond that, you know when children come in the world God says they're going to be the greatest ones right so God ain't looking for what he's not looking for me or my brother 
say his name is John John, (laughs) I'm just making up a name, to be the next Moses, right? Because Moses already came, did his task, and he gone. You know, he's not looking for me to be the next Esther, you know? Ebony is supposed to be Ebony and do what Ebony is called. Maybe I can use reference, I could reference Esther's life. Maybe God is calling me in a similar way that Esther did. Esther was called, you know, in some way, shape, or fashion, or form, you know, but I can never be another Esther because there was only one. You know what I mean? So he's going to call me to do a new, he's doing a new thing, right? God always says, he talks about in the word, he's doing a new thing. So we shouldn't even idolize or, or look so deep into the past that we're idolizing ancestors and what they did and, and who they are. And God is like, oh, Lord, you know, we just have to be very, very careful about that as well in the whole zodiac signs and you know, telling people who what zodiac sign are. No, you you have a name. <laughs> I mean, I do believe that people are born in different times and seasons. I do believe it, and some people have similarities because of the seasons that they're born in. I do agree with that, but I don't I don't study the worship, the stars, and astrology. I don't believe in that stuff. No, 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 no. Okay, so I said the sun, moon, stars are worshipped as seen as adultery, hero worship. The worship of deceased ancestors. Look at that. I didn't even see that. And exactly what God said is on here. Or of heroes. So like people like these celebrities or people that have done so much great things. Even we need as parents. I'm not a mom yet. But the, the whole hero worship. You know I find it that it's easy for kids to become um, idolizing characters. Like Peppa Pig and, and um, you know other idols you know if they're watching them all the time they can't seem to let go of the tablet when you when you take it from them because they just want Peppa Pig or they just want whatever other animation you know it could be even Veggie Tales. it's like no you need to have you need to have a balance and the kids will worship what you put in front of them all the time I think sometimes we have to be cautious as parents and aunties or whatever of being careful not to allow for these kids to get so caught up in even these graven images of characters frozen and elsa and they want to dress like them they want to put the wigs on and stuff there's nothing wrong with for play play and kids putting on spider-man suits but you have to make sure there's a balance for you and your children you know children are easily influenced right so they they just go with the wind sometimes and if they see something that they admire they're gonna want it characters heroes black panther all of that we have to just be careful to not allow those things to take precedent in our heart of god i've shared on the podcast before and on the last one that was idol worship that when i was little my mom um it was like middle school she said god told her to tell me to take those images and those pictures which were images of the celebrities off of my wall he didn't say oh just take a few down no he told me to take all of them down and i obeyed but he didn't want me to idolize them in middle school as a young girl because he knew what that would do in my heart. We have to be so careful with this stuff. So it says after that in scripture, idolatry is regarded as of heathen origin as being important among the Hebrews through contact with heathen nations. The first allusion to idolatry is in the account of Rachel stealing her father's teraphim in Genesis 31 verse 19, which were the relics of the worship of other gods by Laban's progenitors on the other side of the river in old time. 
according to Joshua 24 verse 2. During their long residence in Egypt, the Hebrews fell into idolatry and it was long before they were delivered from it. Joshua 24 verse 14 and Ezekiel 20 verse 7. Many of a token of God's displeasure fell upon them because of the sin. Hmm. The idolatry learned in Egypt was probably rooted out from among the people during the 40 years wanderers, wanderings. But when the Jews entered Palestine, they came into contact with the monuments and associations of idolatry of old Canaanitish, I think it meant Canaan, races, and showed a constant tendency to depart from the living God and follow the adulterous practices of those heathen nations. It was their great national sin which was only effectually rebuked by the Babylonian exile. That exile finally purified the Jews of all idolatrous tendencies. The first and second commandments are directed against idolatry of every form. Individuals and communities were equally amenable to the rigorous code. The individual offenders was offender was devoted to destruction. Exodus 22 verse 20. I just like to make sure that I give you the the background scriptures on everything now. I'm trying to be better about that, <laughs> but this is giving it to you as I read. Uh, his nearest relatives were not only bound to denounce him and deliver him up to punishment, Deuteronomy 13 verse 20 through 10, but their hands were to strike the first blow when on the evidence of two witnesses at least he was stoned. Deuteronomy 17 2 through seven to attempt to seduce others to false worship was a crime of equal enormity 13 verse 6 through 10 an adulterous idolatrous nation shared the same fate no facts are more strongly declared in the old testament than that then that the extermination of the canaanites was to punish was a punishment of their adultery and this is Exodus 34, verse 15, Exodus 34, verse 16, Deuteronomy 7, verse 12, verse 29 through 31, and 20, verse 17. And that the calamities of the Israelites were due to the same cause, Jeremiah 2, verse 17. A city guilty of idolatry was looked upon as a cancer in the state. It was considered to be in rebellion and treated according to the laws of war. Its inhabitants and all their cattle were put to death. Jehovah was theocratic, Israel of King of Israel, excuse me, the civil head of the Commonwealth, and therefore to an Israelite, idolatry was a state of offense. According to 1 Samuel 15 verse 23, high treason. On taking possession of the land, the Jews were commanded to destroy all traces of every kind of existing idolatry of the Canaanites. Exodus 23 verse 24. Exodus 23, verse 32, 34, verse 13, Deuteronomy 7, verse 5, Deuteronomy 7, verse 25, 12, verse 1 through 3. In the New Testament, the term idolatry is used to designate covetousness, which is Matthew 6, verse 24, Luke 16, verse 13, Colossians 3, verse 5, and Ephesians 5, verse 5. Dear Heavenly Father, we just repent. I know I just repent of holding on to any idols. It's because of my family, my jobs, my money, cars, future, husbands, whatever the like. 
may have been father i just ask that, that you would take those things away and you would give me your world your will your understanding of why these things are so important to you god god i just ask if there's anybody here that's listening to this podcast that you will open up their ears to hear you more clear that you would help us to see when things are in disarray in our lives and to align those things together so that we can stay on the path the clear path of you God, we thank you that idols will not be a problem in our lives any longer, but we will look to you for all things. If that's our care and concern about how you're going to take care of this, this, that, or the other, financially, um, just with our families, whatever it is, God, we thank you that you're the provider, you're the keeper, you're the healer, and you're the deliverer. I thank you for a wholeness in people's lives that they're not going to come here looking um, for anything else other than you. I thank you, dear Lord, that you're removing all the dark spots and dark things in our lives so that you could continue to fill us with your joy, love, and peace. God, I just thank you, God, for breaking the spirit of idolatry, starting with me, and just moving right along with everyone else that listens. Father, I just thank you, dear Lord, that we'll learn that idolatry is not of you, and it must be a sin stain removed by your grace and your blood, Father. We thank you, dear Jesus, that you're going to do it. You've already done it. Thank you for taking care of us like you've always have and always will. We cast our burdens and cares on you, God, for you already said you cared for us. And I thank you, Jesus, for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Be blessed, everyone. Ebony Cherie with Kingdom Trends and I'm sorry I've been gone for so long but now I'm back how y'all doing um no but I was like thinking about like celebrities and people being somebody that knows somebody that's doing something great like it could be like okay say for instance this never really happened that I was somebody that went to high school with Ariana Grande you know or something like that and then when I see her get famous you know I'm like super stoked or I'm really trying to you know get on the bandwagon with her and all this different stuff like are you that person or are you the person that just like always sees people like something special in somebody and you knew they were always created to win we all are created to win but just there are some people that you know are going to do something great because they've always been a leader in everything they've done or they've always been that type of person to be set apart from the rest of the crew and the rest of the group they kind of were like doing something and you're just like man this girl's gonna do something great I don't know what but I can just see it in her she keeps the course stays the course she's gonna do it I feel like for me I've always been that type of person that you know seen something great in people so when I see them do well or I see them grow or I see them do something that is before people or I see them shine their light I actually am not surprised by that Um, I think as a teenager, I used to be a little bit more on the side of like, um, I would say idolization, but you know how you really admire celebrities and you're like, oh my gosh, you're so great. But I feel like there's this sense of like power and control and, and leverage for them because they have money. There's access. They have, um, what is the word entitlement, I guess too. And I don't know what it is that we are. People are attracted to power. They're attracted to money. I think what it is too. Um, but they're always attracted to success. And um, um, I was reminded of uh, when 
Um, I've gone to church many a times and there's different uh, sermons that I've heard about this, but like Jesus was actually, actually famous. He was known in his town, what we would call people being famous now, like Jesus was really known. People would go all the way around just to see him. And it's no different from when we go and see celebrities, they have something going on or, but Jesus was the type of person he didn't really need an audience because he only had an audience of one and that's who he was trying to please. And that's what he was trying to teach us. Those are our Christians, but he knew people would come for the show. You know, they want to see like they would treat Jesus like he was a magician. They would just came to see the miracles that he would do. Now, I don't know if I would have been that person in the town that would really want to want it to come. But I think I probably would have been like the woman at the well. And trust me, I actually have a real life story about me being that woman at the well. And God healed me because I touched the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. But, you know, I don't know. I probably would have been that person that wanted to see what he was doing. But I also feel like I think I would have been more so on the side like, dang, I need healing. I really need to come because I know this man can heal me, you know. But I don't know. It just made me start to think about what type of person are you when you get around somebody that's known or you know somebody that is known or are you somebody that actually has a a family member that is a celebrity or somebody that's of iconic uh stature or nature or whatever I don't know it was just a thought that came to mind no really encouragement behind it it was just a question and some food for thought that I thought of and thought I'd just kind of pose it here to see well you know what kind of person are you when it comes to that and are you somebody that kind of jumps on the bandwagon with the rest of the crew when it comes to people um, getting high off life and 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 um, being on the celebrity status or you somebody that just kind of like is low-key it's just like yeah I always knew that person would be great it's just cool to see her do her thing you know uh, I'd be that proud mama when I'd be seeing people on Instagram and they have all these followers and I like know them personally and I like work with them and something I'd be like oh my god I know her <laughs> I know her I know her yep yep she I always knew she'd be great I'm like that auntie <laughs> that is like rooting for people behind the scenes i think i'm just like super excited i know i'm gonna do great things too now don't 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 trip i know i got a great calling on my life and it's gonna be great and god is working on some things right now you know to be to continue but you know i'm I'm that person um but no i also guys want to talk on the flip side about it because i actually knew of a of a young lady that um i'm not gonna say her name or anything but i knew she had got signed to a major label Um, back from our hometown and she was younger she's younger than I am and um I think a lot of things happened to her in her life um that kind of caused her to kind of stumble um we've all made mistakes and stuff like that but really some things just kind of happened and I remember when MySpace was around and um forgive me if I get a lift ride I'm actually still on online right now so (laughs) I just but I thought to record um she was on MySpace and I remember when she first got signed and I was always like in the background I was always kind of rooting for her and um just kind of watching you can even you can even I know we all do this we always watch and observe even online being somebody even though you're not in that person's face I honestly feel like the gift that I have like I could have been somebody's like manager because I'm always like a protector And I don't even necessarily have to be the one going in on people. Like when they say something bad about somebody that I know that's doing something really big or major. Like I'm just really like keenly discerning or praying or God will put somebody in my heart. Or just something like that. I could have been somebody's manager. I actually might consider it one day if that's God's will for my life. But um, just some PR person or something for a celebrity or somebody that's iconic or somebody that I know that comes up and they need somebody to really vouch for them and negotiate. I think I could do that. But anyways, the girl had a lot of clout like people were coming out the woodworks they knew that she signed um they were all on her page and all of this different stuff but 
years went by and you know i've seen her live and perform and all that different stuff and she had got signed to a major label but i feel like they didn't even really push her that hard i don't know shady labels shady labels <laughs> they push you they want to push okay beautiful girl and i think she represented something that wasn't in the industry and not in the industry that people could see and i think she would have been great on the probably an independent label if she had been um marketed better and if she had better writers and songs um not to shade or anything she said she had a great voice i just feel like it could have packaged her better packaged her different i don't know i don't know it's the marketing in me i guess but anyway she came across some things in her life and a lot of that stuff shut down i think she didn't she wasn't on the label anymore and it just really felt really i could see the people like distance themselves from her instagram and not Instagram, sorry, MySpace and, and Facebook and crickets. When you go to her page, every now and again, I would check in um, with her and see how she was doing. Every now and again, I would check in on her page and there was just no one. And I was just like, man, just almost 10 years ago, we were on MySpace and everybody was all on her page. She used to blog. She was to write about God. And, you know, I think God was still using her in that regard. But when things happened and she lost pretty much everything and it wasn't what it was, people disappeared. And I'm just like, ain't that like life? And nobody's holding her down when she's going through. And I think she feels that. And I think she felt that. She probably felt very lonely. And I just, I've been praying for her and I prayed for her. And I think she's in a better space now. But it just reminded me of how we could really be so giddy giddy. And we have to remember that people are human. Um, and people are also fickle. Like, I think we need to check our attitudes and check our hearts when it comes to us. Are we bandwagoners? Are we just on it for the glitz and the glam and, you know, the power that people have? But when push come to shove, everything, where are we down for them? I think, I think it's so interesting. Like, and I hate to keep referencing her on here, but you know, I have no problem with Beyonce. You know, I used to love her. She was one of my, um, admirers. I was admired by her. I admired her. I was saying she was an idol of mine, but iconic in my life at one point in time. I just kind of filtered through that, um, now, but i reminded of when Beyonce, like, people are so down for her. When Jay-Z, you know, committed adultery against her. And so people were just all about it. Like, they were, like, with her. You know, they were on her team. Why did you do that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, people will stick with people that are celebrities, iconic and powerful, quote-unquote, in their own right. Because there are these celebrities that are known and all this. But it's somebody that could be local and they sign and then something happens and it's not where it used to be. And they go through something in front of the cameras or whatever and people disappear they fade away they're not praying for you they're not on your team they're really just there because they want it they want people to know that oh i know her or oh hey girl like it's just so like and that's why we have to be careful of that and i know when i do some things that are going to be great there's going to be people that come out because they like what you're doing and they're seeing it that it's getting a lot of clout behind it and then they want to jump on that bad way that's why when it comes to followers I just get so like irritated with the whole thing because people are they're there for seasonal they're there some people are there and then they follow you and they unfollow you and so I try not to worry about it I'm like it, it you know like it's such a big game it's a numbers game with that whole thing that's just how algorithms work right you know marketing and all of that money and all of it it's just they have to find some way to to get all this information and status on you so that they can know whether or not they're going to give you what you need or not, you know, or what you want. But it's just like, it, it's, it's, that's how we are. We're like those followers on Instagram sometimes. And I didn't think I had an encouraged message, but here we go. We're, we're, we can be fickle. We can be on it for one minute. You're hot, you're hot and tot. And then you come down, nobody's around, you know, people start clicking that button, unfollow her, unfollow her, unfollow her, unfollow him, unfollow him, you know, and it's like, it's just kind of like, 
what are we what is in our mindset that we do these kind of things like are we really just those people that like the clout you know we like when people are are very popular on social media or doing something great and then when things don't work right a walk what you know are you loyal to people when they fall are you loyal to people when they you lose something that was major for them in their life you know it may not even be anything of their own doing it could have been somebody that was just really power tripping or something that happened to them are you still supportive you know leandria johnson is a really great example of that too it's like she was hurt by a lot of churches and, and and people around her and i think she probably didn't anticipate the industry of a gospel industry being as so much like this like secular industry too and that's a whole another topic but i ain't going into that we pray we pray um but a lot of it i think of things were her own doing too but i think people just kind of lost respect for her i think in a manner but i actually appreciated her honesty when she come out and talk about a lot of things um I just have to filter through the fluff like we all have to. But I'm like, I ain't somebody that ain't never cussed. I ain't going to act like I ain't cussed. So the fact that matters, she cussing ain't bothering me. She'll repent, <laughs> you know. And as she's calling people out, like, the truth hurts sometimes. And if you're somebody that acts funny, you shouldn't be called out on that, <laughs> you know. And you're supposed to be a Christian. Yeah, call me out if I'm acting funny. But don't call me out because you think I'm acting funny because God is moving in my life and you just jealous or you just think that I think I'm all that. There's a difference. Let's let's just let's make sure we clarify that because <laughs> I've always been the same Ebony here and there. I have my issues, but I'm saying I've always been the same person. I think I've maintained pretty much my same demeanor, but I'm just saying in general with people. I just think we got to change that. You know, I think our attitudes need to be different when it comes to that kind of stuff, because I think it kind of can. It, 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 you're supposed to be the salt of the earth we're supposed to preserve it we're supposed to help one another we're supposed to lift up our sisters and brothers granted we're not all going to be kin or really close but i think there's a message that in this in this in this whole thing too that we got to kind of check how we are with people and when people come up there's so much influence in these day and age there was influence back when we had myspace like folks would be following you you have 500 followers 200 you know you can add and confirm people whether you're on private or not private page or whatever people would just add you clout has always been around let me tell you social media clout this instagram is just another platform youtube is just another platform but youtube was around 10 years ago you know i didn't start doing youtube well i actually i did uh, me and my friend was doing hair tutorial whatever on youtube before it became big but you know like clout has always been around that's what i'm saying and influence has always been big and it's just like people get so caught up in this in this fame thing and then things happen and it gets shot down but it's like the people around you that when it when, when it's almost like a bomb when a bomb blows up people get infected by it and they they walk off hurting you know but if you're gonna hurt with me we're we gonna we're gonna cry together too we're gonna heal together we're gonna pray together we're gonna stay together you know if you're a loyal fan quote unquote then you're gonna stick around but i think a lot of times people are very like cancel culture like um people are saying these days they cancel if you get canceled they cancel you like it's like dang nobody's loyal anymore i think that's why a lot of marriages are falling apart that's a whole nother story jesus help us you know and because of whatever reason but i just think it's just like we gotta stop canceling stuff jesus never canceled on us as much as he wanted to cancel he didn't he stayed the course and this is a word for me too because i've canceled jobs i've quit when i didn't like stuff and I just like, I'm not canceling anything anymore. Not even my life. I cancel the assignment of the enemy. Assignment of the enemy. That's what we canceling. We canceling negativity. We canceling the demons. That's trying to run around here and do crazy stuff. Canceling sickness. Canceling disease. Canceling heart infirmities. Canceling soul ties. We canceling those. But I'm not canceling on people. I'll cancel on that spirit behind you. That's operating behind you. Behind closed doors like a puppet. 
that's what I'm canceling. But we're not canceling people because people are too valuable. And so that's my word for you today. Don't cancel on people because when they get canceled, you need to stick with the channel. Oh, wait, that was a word. Did you get that? Pick it, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Take it, take it, take it. Pack it up and put it on your shelf, baby, for later when you need to get it. All right. So keep on following me at kingdom underscore trends. And if you need a good word and you want to have some prayer time, feel free to hit me up on my email that I barely check and it's flooded. It's trends, trends kingdom at gmail.com. It's exactly how it sounds. That's exactly how it's spelled. And God bless you guys today. It is a lovely Wednesday. Wonder, wonder, work and power Wednesday. And God is always faithful. And just remember that he loves you so very much. And I do too. God bless. Bye-bye.